podcast, 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 podcast. We're in podcast business, baby. You are <laughs> licking your mug like a fucking weirdo. Because I spilled and I wanted to make sure it wouldn't have any on the bottom when I put it on the table. Oh, that makes sense. You just looked very weird, just like <sighs> sensually placing your tongue on the coffee mug. Podcast? Podcast? Uh, yeah. We're in business. I got the Yeti to work again. I don't know why it wasn't working at first, but... Hi, everybody. Epi- welcome-, <laughs> <laughs> welcome to Export Audio episode 65. <laughs> Fuck you. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Export Audio episode 67. I am your host, as always, Autumn June. And my guest today, as ever, is... Did you just do a don't talk to me until I've had my coffee bit? No, I wanted you to shut up because I'm the podcast host. Whatever. I've had... This is my second cup of coffee They covered my mouth and then took a big drink of coffee, which is asshole for don't talk to me until I've had my coffee. No, it was don't host the podcast. I'm hosting the podcast. I'm introducing the podcast. I know what this is. Um, See, what you did was don't talk to me until I've had my coffee. I was doing... (laughs) I'm introducing the podcast. Give me one second to take a breath. I always do this. You take a breath when you're drinking the coffee? I always take a pause and then start the show. It's usually a breath, but this time it was coffee. Okay. Well, just mute my audio track and we'll be fine. Welcome to Export Audio episode... (laughs) Yes! I already did it! You never said your name. I'm Nora Blake. And I already said mine. Uh, fine. <laughs> How are you doing? What are we podcasting about? How are you doing? I'm good. How about you? I'm doing okay. How was your morning? It was a hell nightmare. Oh? When did it start? <laughs> At 3 in the morning. Ah. Maybe 2.30? Yeah. It was 2.30 when I took the dog out and uh, woke you up. So, Okay. Here's the story as I understand it, but I was asleep for a lot of it, so I went to bed at around 11 last night, which is kind of late for me. Uh, I usually go to bed between like 8 and 10, 8 and 9, 7 and 9, 10 if I'm staying up late. If I'm staying up late, I'm up at 10. (laughs) Sure. But Um, Alucard... Yeah, we had to spend some time with our good friend Alucard, uh, former guest of the show. Uh, you know, Transgirlvania episode one, he, Alucard guested on the show. Sure, yeah. Anyway. Uh, I don't fucking remember. I don't think that was a bit, I'm just saying that we podcasted about Alucard, and so oh. he was joking that we did it. Yeah, Castlevania? Pretty anyway, good. was playing Symphony of the Night until late last night. By late, I mean 11. Uh, I went to bed and was planning to sleep until... A, I set an alarm for about 8, was hoping to wake up a little sooner than 8. I uh, was probably going to wake up sooner than 8 because that's where my sleep schedule is at these days. And went to sleep. It was all good. Around... Who'd you sleep with last night? Uh, Well, uh, I slept with Dighty. The dog. Oh, the dog was in the bed? Yeah, the dog was in the bed. I didn't sleep with her in the sense of, like, back on, like, 90s sitcoms, they would say slept with someone to mean fucked, but because they couldn't stay. People say that now. Yeah, but you just weren't reacting to it, and so I wanted to make sure that we knew we were understanding each other. Oh, no, sure. Yeah, I did not fuck a dog. 
<laughs> okay. I just, when someone says you slept with someone, that's what it says in my head. Okay. Anyway, I slept beside the dog. Yes. Um, because she did not sleep. Huh? I bet the dog didn't sleep. Oh, I'm pretty sure the dog sleeps. That dog mostly sleeps. Anyway. <laughs> or sulks. This is, on, this is in, immaterial to the story. The dog was beside me. 2.30, you went to uh, go to bed. Before you went to go to bed, you let the dog outside. You yes. Know. Yes. Um, you were getting ready for bed. Let the dog outside. I guess I stirred during this part of it. I don't remember this, but you say I woke up, so yeah. I believe you. Um, then, what I remember actually waking me up was you getting back in bed and, like, you and Didi just kind of, like, fighting for position in the bed because Didi really wanted to be where you sleep. And I was trying to get Didi to come over to the other... Like, you sleep on my left side. I was trying to get Didi to sleep on my right side. Didi wasn't having it. Didi slept between us. Then Didi was, like, sleeping between you sucks. I'm getting out of well, bed. Didi started off between our feet. Uh-huh. And then wormed up under the covers toward our heads until... Also, also, she's huffing upstairs because she keeps hearing us say her name, <laughs> which is what she did earlier because I was telling this story to Anna earlier, and she came and, like, started jumping at me, like, pet me, pet me, love me, because she kept hearing her name. Mm -hmm. She doesn't like coming downstairs, so now she is just going to sit upstairs and bark because she keeps hearing our name, her name. Daddy. Daddy, come here, babe. Nothing. Nothing. Um, Slacker. See so, ya. Yeah. You and Didi are jockeying, jockeying for position here. Didi, like, ends up between us and then, like, doesn't like it very much. So she gets out of bed. She gets out of bed and starts sulking, basically, by the bedroom door. Pacing. Pacing. You don't know this about me, but I pace a lot. Yeah? Yeah. Just as an aside. Anyway, dog would sit. Walk around in a circle, sit in another place next to it. This went on for about five minutes before I got out of bed. And I was like, I hadn't realized you'd just let her out. Uh, also had not realized at some point that Didi's owner, Anna, came home somewhere in this saga. I'm really unclear yeah. on the timeline of that. It was like a minute before you got up. Yeah, didn't realize like, that at all. I, Did not. Look, love our roommates. Couldn't sleep because Anna was making food. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. That's why I said, this sucks. Didn't register this at all. Okay. I thought you were just referring to the dog. No. Um, I am a light sleeper, and I'm... Uh, how would I describe myself in, late, in regards to sleeping? Precious, maybe? Mm -hmm. Or like... Yeah. Something like that? I'm precious falling to sleep, but once I'm asleep, I'm a very heavy sleeper. Yes, I have to like physically move you sometimes to get into the bed, yeah. and you don't wake up. <laughs> so, I get out of bed, uh, and I didn't realize you'd let the dog out. I didn't realize Anna was home. Otherwise, You I argued with me that Anna was not home. I did argue <laughs> with you. I was like, Anna's definitely not home. And you were like, yeah, they are. And I was like, no, they're not. And you were just very obviously right and i was just asleep and hadn't noticed them 
<laughs> but you were very the lights on. <laughs> the light is coming through the vent, which, by the way, our bedroom has a vent that is just kind of a hole in the wall that leads out to the to the hallway. Yeah, and so if someone has a light on in the living room, you can just see it, and it is the one thing that will keep me up all goddamn night. Eventually, we'll put my painting up in front of there. Yeah, we should do that today. We've got time. Maybe. We've got time. Let's do that today. Sure. Um, so, Housework. Flex. So, yeah. I happened to go let Didi outside during the, like, one minute that Anna's, like, in the bathroom or something. So, I didn't see Anna. So, I still thought Anna was not home. Uh, like, I was like, what do you want? And, like, she, Didi runs and, like, stands by Anna's bedroom door. I'm like, she's not there. Anna's not there, you know? And Didi, like, is waggling and wiggling. And I'm like, well, okay. Anna's partner, Scooter, is there. I don't know. I might wake up Scooter, but, like, whatever. I guess. Scooter went to bed before me last night, but not by much. Yeah. I was was probably about two. I went about two. I kind of figured that was the case, which is why I felt, like, okay waking Scooter up, potentially. Mm -hmm. You know? So let Didi in Anna's room, not realizing that Anna was either in that room or in the bathroom and about to go into that room. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Anna says that they were in the bathroom, and then when they got back into their bedroom, there was a dog there suddenly, yes. and they were quite surprised. <laughs> I went back to bed, not seeing Anna, still believing that Anna was not in this home, <laughs> and then spent 20 minutes being like... Spent, at this point, it was like 3 a.m. I know this because I texted Anna being like... You texted Scooter. I texted Scooter. I posted in the house group chat yeah. expecting to just ping Scooter being like, hey, sorry if I woke you up. Uh, Didi was just being weird. Um, and Anna texted me back, and that's when I finally realized Anna's home. This is at 3 in the morning. For work, I have an alarm set for 3 in the morning a lot of the time because I have to be at work at, for, at 4.30. So I set the alarm for like 3 and then snooze it for like 45 minutes-ish, you know. Um, I'm sure that annoys the hell out of you, but... What? Does my alarm annoy you? I've never asked. No. Okay. I would hate you. Uh, if we were in the reverse situation and you had let your alarm go off for 30 minutes, I would, like, try to murder you. Uh, the one time it was annoying was when I was like, okay, gonna alarm off, gonna cuddle the wife, gonna be, like, maybe two or three minutes, and then she's gonna get up, I'm gonna go back to sleep, and then... Ten minutes pass, the alarm goes off again. I'm like, okay, now it's time. I did the cuddling. We're good. <laughs> I'm going to go to sleep. No. Still cuddling me. Okay. Um, that was, the alarms that was... seemed to mean nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Because Sundays I set the alarm for like 3.30 and get out of bed at like 3.50. Mm-hmm. And Sundays I set the alarm at 3 and get out of bed at 4.30. Like, Fuck that. Yeah, no. That's it's, awful. Yeah, no. I live a bad lifestyle, and I would not... The worst was when I had to get up at 4.30 to be at work at 6.30 mm. because I had to let my car warm up for yeah. an hour before it would actually go into drive. Yeah. I don't have that car anymore. Nice. Anyway, so yeah. After this whole dog saga, it's 3 in the morning. My biorhythm is just at a place right now where if I wake up at 3 in the morning, I'm just like, oh, and now I have to go to work. And I don't have to go to work today, but I was just 
awake now at three in the morning after so getting about four hours of sleep. Instead, you played six hours of Symphony of the Night. No, I just played like two hours I, of Symphony of the Night. It was a joke. Why? Well, it would, just, I don't know would be funny if was. you just sat there and played a lot of Symphony of the Night. No, I'm not sure. There's six hours of that game. I got to. I got that the game six hours. That game's twelve. I, I, I mean, I guess I just don't know anything about the Inverted Castle. I'm it's, at about... It's this, it's doubled. My in-game timer says four hours, 30 minutes. I mm-hmm. would guess I'm probably at six hours because of, like, I'm using save states a lot. Um, also, there's whole areas you haven't seen yet. So I'm at 82%. I know the Inverted Castle... I know that you get to, like, 101 or something, and then you hit the Inverted Castle. Um... It depends on how much you explore. Like, the full regular castle, I think, is 101-ish, right? Or is it just 100? It's, I mean, technically, I think the max is... The two, the like max is... Two, two, 254 or I 213. Th- I don't remember which. It's one of those numbers, I think. I don't know. I think, actually, that I was looking, and I thought the max was something goofy, like 200.6. Uh, I mean, some of that is... I will probably unlock a relic that shows me this number at some point, right? I will... Oh, wait, no, I see it when I load my saves. That's where I see it. Here's the thing, is that that number is goofy because um, it's not real. Right. Um, right. Because you can get extra percentage through some glitches and stuff. Okay. So there's fake rooms that you can't be in that count towards your percentage. Okay. Um, f- oh, so it's not even just... Th- the accepted max glitch percentage is 425%. Okay. I know you have to be above 196 for the quote-unquote good ending. That's all I know. I, that is, I don't know about that. We'll get to that in a second. As far as I know, there's not a good ending. We'll get to that in a second. So I played uh, another... I'm at four and a half hours in regular. I'm probably at six total, honestly, like with the save states. And like my emulator was crashing a bunch yesterday. I think I fixed it now. I will say my Symphony of the Night knowledge, a little out of date. I played it on the PSP uh, 12 years ago. Mm -hmm. I've replayed it since then, but like it's been close to a decade since I like really engaged with Castlevania Symphony of the Night. But yeah, played video games from like... About 3.30 to 5.30, went and got groceries, went and got a little breakfast. Um, By a little breakfast, I mean a single taquito from the quick trip. Tell me your symphony takes. Can I tell you what video game is really fucking good? Code Vein? Symphony of the goddamn night. (laughs) Symphony of the fucking night. It's okay. I, um, I want to finish... Uh, domestic story first because okay. there's just like one more bullet point which is that I went and got groceries and then we made biscuits and gravy this week, this morning and mm-hmm. some breakfast potatoes that were very good that's the end of domestic talk so symphony of the night uh, I first it was took a gamer a, zone now we're at gamer gamer time gamer time exclusive gamer time combo breaker <laughs> what are you doing i'm making i'm trying to do like sound effects that like a all units a saturday morning <laughs> yeah like if we were like a if we were like a a, a 
radio show that you would listen to on your drive to work, except about video games instead of classic rock. I'm trying to do all the like sound effects that you would do. There would definitely be like an all all unit all all all, all units all units. Um. Um. There are several ways we could do this, and the choice is yours. <laughs> I almost spit coffee on the <laughs> microphone. Anyway, so I. Where to start? Um. I first played the Metroid games um, on emulators probably in the 8th grade, um, so probably like 12 years ago now. Played um, Same. Played Zero Mission, which is still probably my favorite Metroid. I'm going to say second because I like Fusion better. Uh, I didn't play Fusion until about probably 3-4 years later. Fusion's exceptional. Like, Fusion's... You like Alien? I fucking love Alien. Let me, <laughs> Let me tell, tell you, you about something. Metroid. Let me tell you about Metroid Fusion. Zero Mission is probably my number one. Um, Fusion is probably number two. Super Metroid is a good game. It's probably my number three. I... You said four yesterday. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Prime is number three for me. I, I, have, I got Prime around the same time. I played through Zero Mission, liked it so much uh, that I went and purchased Prime, which was an old GameCube game at that point. The PS3 was out by the time I played Prime, but was still like 40 bucks because Prime was like somewhat rare or something. I remember when Echoes came out, that was... Echoes the, is still an expensive game. The Echoes co uh, cover of Game Informer. That was the first issue of Game Informer I got when I uh -huh. started like getting into video games as a kid. Yeah. Um, I remember that cover. Yeah. I never cover. I... I don't think I ever subscribed to Game Informer. I definitely had a few issues of Game Informer laying around, but it wasn't formative for me in the way that it is for some other folks. I left, like, maybe four pounds of Game Informer magazines in that apartment that I left. And in the house I grew up in, there are easily uh, more than that. I do remember one of my earliest gaming as a thing I do with other folks things. Or no... There's, like, you know, you played video games growing up with other kids, you know? Like, you would, like, you know... I had kids come over... That sounds weird. Other kids would come over, and we'd play Battlefront or Jedi Outcast. One of the first things I remember, like, sitting down and talking about video games in the way that I do now still mm -hmm. is that Game Informer, for its, like, thousandth issue or something, put out the list of the 250 best video games of all time, and... I had a kid, it sounds weird, another kid brought his copy to school and we all read through the list together and got mad at it. <laughs> I can't believe you went to school with Jackson Voiplein. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was basically that. It was basically we read through the Game Informer like 250 best games of all time and we were incensed about it because like... What was number one? Guess. I have my actual guess, and then... Yeah, I'll give you three guesses, because I bet you could hit it in three. Shadow of the Colossus. No, but that's definitely on the list. Um, You're not going in the direction I thought. It's so much more obvious. barking. I'll go fix the dog. Oh, we'll make it like a giant bomb guess the number thing. 
I'm gonna tell it to the audience right now while you go fix dog. It's seven. <laughs> no. Was it seven? Is that the one from that bit? I don't know. I haven't seen that bit. I've never watched that video. We're, we'll watch it. Fix the dog. All right, uh, gamers. Uh, the Game Informer best video game of all time on this issue that uh, was Legend of Zelda. You know, the fucking Legend of Zelda. Maybe you've heard of it. It was an NES game released in 1984. It was the fucking Legend of Zelda. I think... I think probably Super Mario 3 was number two. Anything past number one is a real guess to me. I know Ratchet and Clank was on that list, and I was like, hell yeah, I love Ratchet and Clank. Um, but, yeah, Legend of Zelda was number one. I bet I could pull this up while we're uh, just you and me chatting here, listener. Um, okay, I'm not going to pull it up because Nora is coming back down, so I'll pull it back. I'll pull it up once Nora is guessed. Okay, three guesses. It is, we're going to, I'm going to give you a fresh three. I'm going to give you a fresh three. Uh, We won't count your Shadow of the Colossus, and I'll give you a hint that it is much more obvious than you're thinking. Well, if I give a guess, you have to tell me if I'm too early or too late. Okay, sounds good. It's not Shadow of the Colossus, and it's in a different, okay, Tetris. You're definitely, you're in the right ballpark of time. You're like, you're right in... That's the answer. I mean... Tetris is the greatest video game of all time. Yeah, video games will never get better than Tetris, but this is not... (laughs) Tetris is probably in the top ten of this list. It fucking better be. It fucking better be. It's great. (laughs) Did the person who made Tetris ever get, like, money from that? I don't think so, no. I don't think they... I feel like... I I don't think they they ever saw a cent from that. Okay, um, around the bump. See, here's the thing is, I don't know when Tetris came out first. I don't know when Tetris first released. I will tell you that I most closely, I'll give you, I most closely associate Tetris in my brain Uh with the original Game Boy and the NES. Yeah, fair. That's the time period that I think of Tetris as originating from. I feel like those are two different time periods. But like... I but, think, yeah, yeah, I know. Okay. I don't want to give so, you too much. Not Tetris. Then I will say... Super Mario Brothers 3. No, I I think that was number two, but I could be misremembering. Oh, I don't want it to be just Super Mario Brothers, because there's no way that's the, the, the answer here. Um... I'm going to say Pokemon Red. The Legend of Zelda. Fuck you. The first one. Fuck you. <laughs> it's The Legend of Zelda. I think they were like... I See, here's the thing, is that it was Game Informer, especially like, probably like 2009 Game Informer or mm-hmm. something. So they weren't saying like their favorite games ever, because I don't think that... I think Dan Reichert worked on this list, and I don't think he would say that the first Legend of Zelda is the best video game ever. Or, I don't think he would say it is is his favorite video game ever, but I could absolutely believe Dan Reichert saying some bullshit like, yes, Legend of Zelda for the NES is one of the best games ever, even if I don't like it. 
You know, I, I bet think, he. Li- I think he likes that I game too. I think that's too. more nuanced than Mr. Reichert is usually capable of. No, Reichert is all about because this is the fucking guy who's like, PUBG is the game of the year, even though it's not the best game released this year. So he absolutely is the sort of guy who distinguishes between best and favorite. Because I know that Link to the Past is like his favorite game or something, but I, like, I bet you that like the sort of people who worked on Game Game Informer at this time would tell you that like, oh yes, Link to the original is not my favorite Zelda, but it is the best Zelda because it is influential. It is like changed what video games are, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Here's what I'm gonna do. You're going to pull up this list? Uh, here's uh, Reader's... Oh, 300 Greatest Games of All Time. Oh, the one I read was 250. So this is Reader's Choice. No, there's another one if you scroll down a little bit more. Game Informer's top one. Uh, Game Informer's 300 Greatest Games of All Time. Um, God, remember when Polygon did this last year? You're right. Uh, well, wait. Yeah, here's the, here's the Game Informer... On a web, a little website I like to call giantbomb.com. Giantbomb.com. What's that? <laughs> it's a website about <laughs> <The> video games. <laughs> um, someone has because Giant Bomb has the lists function. Someone's made the Game Informer. It was two hundred, not two fifty. It was two hundred. In the two hundredth issue of Game Informer, uh, the staff made the list of the hundred best video, the two hundred best video games of all time. So we're gonna scroll down to the bottom. One hundred one we just saw is Morrowind, probably where it belongs, right? Number 200, Beyond Good and Evil. That game's fine. It functions. <laughs> you can play that game. Tactics Ogre, Let Us Cling Together, takes it home at 199. I haven't played it. It says, <laughs> there's a comment on all of these games that <laughs> just says, haven't played it. 198, Pandora, Splinter Cell, Pandora Tomorrow. Not even the best of the bad Splinter Cell games. Who's, I don't- who's Splinter Cell? Uh, Sam... No. (laughs) What's his name? Tom Clancy. Tom Clancy Splinter Cell. Oh. (laughs) What's it? Sam Fisher! Yeah. Okay. It's not... I don't like those old-style Splinter Cell games. This isn't even one of the good ones. Like, Chaos Theory is the People talk about them like they're good. They're bad. But Chaos Theory is the better among them. Remember that clip from the new uh, Splinter Cell where the guy... Sam is like talking about Solid Snake being gone. Yeah, and he's now now I'm the only one left doing um, stealth. When conviction I... Splinter Cell Conviction is probably in my top fifteen. Is that games. the one with the hot nuns? No, that's Hitman. No, the, the tri- no, no, no. before the Hitman 2016, there was like the Hitman reboot that was Shit. very much in the style of Splinter Cell you're Conviction. Right, you're right, but not nearly as good. I think. I, I think now. Splinter Cell Conviction is genuinely top 10 or 15 games ever for me. NHL 09 takes home the 197 slot. Weird. Call of Duty at 196. Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Marvel vs. Capcom 2 at 194. Um, <laughs> Jack 3, okay. The worst Jack game, but I like it. It's it, certainly in my top just, 200 <laughs> video games. Yeah, sure. I've played 200 <laughs> video games probably. <laughs> 192 is Eternal Darkness, Sanity's Requiem, which I've heard is, like, pretty good. Uh, As for, If you want Resident Evil on the GameCube. Well, first of all, there there are two great Resident Evil ga- games on the GameCube. Resident Evil, have you heard of it? It's called oh, Resident, Resident Evil. Evil. And also Resident Evil 4. And also... Uh, there are a bunch of Resident Evil games on the... Outbreak. 
There, there's Code Veronica and Zero. Like, there's a lot of Resident Evil on the GameCube. I but thought those were PS1. Uh, Code Veronica got a remake uh, for the because they remade they remade Resident Evil for the GameCube. Yes, and then, and then they remade that remake for the PS4. Kinda. <laughs> and then I think, but I think they used the same tech that they used to just like mm-hmm. yeah quickly remake Code Veronica. I feel for, like that happened. Uh, Zero was GameCube original, I think. No. Eternal Darkness, incredibly problematic, from what I understand. Oh, At yes. 191, Metal Gear Solid 3 what Snake Eater getting robbed. <laughs> no. There are not a... There are... Metal Gear Solid 3 is very good. <laughs> it is very good. Definitely better than Eternal Darkness. Uh, so you're not... telling me that Metal Gear Solid 3 <laughs> is not as good as The Chronicles of Riddick Escape from Butcher Bay? Fuck you. <laughs> I've never played that. Um, I just am not a person who MGS3 is their favorite, so. Okay. MGS3 is not my favorite. MGS3 is better than fucking Kid Icarus for the NES. As we've discussed before, there is only one good NES game. Yeah. Kirby. Yeah. That's it. Tetris is okay, but it's better on the Game Boy, so. 188 is Planescape Torment, and 187, better than Planescape Torment, <laughs> is Infamous. I fucking hate Infamous so much. It's so bad. I liked the first one because I got it for free after PSN got hacked that time. You yeah, that? yeah, I got it for free, too. I got it for free, too. I got my PS3. Sorry, I'm, sh- I'm screaming, aren't I? Yeah, a little bit. I got my PS3 two weeks before the hack happened. Fuck yeah. Um... <laughs> I also played Infamous 2. I think that game's way better than Infamous. I really have a fondness for Infamous 2 as far as, like, open-worldy things go. I, I platinumed that game. 186, uh, Marble Madness. 185, getting fucking robbed. I, this eh. this belongs in, like, the top 100, I think. Yoshi's sure. Island. Sure. Yoshi's Island belongs in the top There's 100. There's 100 games, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Number 184, Vagrant Story. Don't know anything about that. 183 ESPN NFL 2K5. So they're not doing the like only one from each franchise gets to be in. That would be a better list, right? It would be a better list, but then it would be the back be half really of the 200 hard. list is going to be a little thin. Yeah. If you did one from each franchise and did 100 games, that would be a lot better of a list, I That'd think. It'd be a hell of a list. 182 is Samurai Showdown, a game that I've heard nothing but praise for. No, nothing about it. 181 Modern Warfare 2. It's not as good as Metal Gear Solid 3, I'll what tell you that thing? much. You know what else is not as good as? 180, Max Payne. Max Payne's pretty good. Haven't played it. I haven't played it in probably 10 years, but, but I have fun doesn't want me to play it. That's true. Uh, 179, NG- NBA Jam Tournament Edition. That belongs in the top 100. 178, Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney. That belongs in the top 100. Sure. That might be top 50. That might be top 50. Maybe. I don't know. I'm going to take that one back immediately. <laughs> 177 is Tekken 3. Sure. I, I bet you that there is a Ace Attorney game that belongs in the top 50. I don't know if it's the first one. I don't I bet know you if trials... either of us know which one that is. I've only played the first one. I've played I remember... half the first one. I've played the first one in its entirety. I remember being told the Trials and Tribulations, uh, the, fir- hmm. the end of mm-hmm. the first trilogy, is like the peak of... Ace Attorney. I've only played part of the first one, but I did watch that movie. That movie's pretty funny. Uh, 176, Castle fucking Vania. Maybe you've heard of it. <laughs> it's the NES game. It is 
the only NES game that I've completed. Oh, weird. I save scum through it. I save scum oh, through it. Fair, 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 fair. I I like the platforming a lot, but it was way too hard. Uh, I don't think I finished it because I don't think I beat Dracula, but I got everything before beating Dracula by safe scumming. Mm-hmm. I just liked the controls, I liked the art, and I liked the music, and so I safe scummed my way through it just to kind of see all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, it's a great, great set of music. Yeah. Great well, sprites. We should finish talking about Symphony of the Night. We'll get there. Number 175, Dig Dug. That's fine. I like Dig Dug. I like it's a Dig Dug. Yeah. 174, Gunstar Heroes. I don't know what that is. Um, 173 Load Runner. I don't know what that is. <laughs> 172 Ikaruga. 171 Bully. 170 Ridge Racer. Ridge nothing to Racer. say. About, nothing to say about any of these games except that Bully is fucking <laughs> trash. Bully is maybe the worst. Uh, one of the worst games I've seen. 169 Braid. Okay. There's no point to that game. Dog broke. Dog broke. I was doing. I was referencing that. With, <laughs> I'm going to talk about Symphony while you fix dog. Talk about Soldier Boy. <laughs> so yeah, um I, you know, got into Metroid a very long time ago and I tried to get into um Symphony like after playing Zero Mission and playing Super Metroid back to back and I didn't respond to it because I didn't um I think I think that, like, the Castlevanias and the Metroids are way more different than people give them credit for. I think people say that, like, this is the same thing, and there's a lot of the same DNA, but it's very different, I think. And so I played about an hour of Castlevania, like, way back when, when I was getting into Metroid, and I just didn't care for it because it is very different. Now, like, divorcing it from my expectations, like, I think it's fucking incredible but like i just didn't uh i didn't get it back mm. then because i i wanted i thought it was the same as metroid and it's not the same game it's got rpg stuff yeah it's got rpg stuff neighbors across the street are having a party which means that daddy sees a fucking car bark time how dare you drive down my road and park <laughs> and shut your car door and walk around on the other side of the fucking street um did you have a coffee accident i did have a coffee accident um, this uh, coffee stain on my pant leg looks weirdly Pikachu. similar to a Pikachu. <laughs> it does look like a Pikachu. <laughs> At first I was going to do like, it's like the I love you like in sign language. If I did this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> does this mean anything to you? Um, like you but it also look looks like a Pikachu. You have to look at your hand before you do it. Like you have to remember like, does this. Um, I've what? never watched the Contradiction game. I've never watched them play Contradiction. You should watch I them. should. Yeah. That's good. That was coming out when I was watching Giant Bomb, like, all the time. Me too. Same. Yeah. I was because... Wa- I watched two simultaneous Let's Plays of Life is Strange. One was um, Geek Remix, and one was uh, Beast Cast. Do we want to continue with the... Uh, yes. Yeah. 160... So Did you talk about Soldier Boy? I didn't talk about Soldier Boy. I talked about Symphony of the Night. Okay. Uh, I've been th- I think I basically said what I had to say, which is that I came in... Wanting it to be Metroid exactly, it's a different thing. And now I would love a Castlevania game that was more like Metroid that didn't have RPG stuff and had pure like, m- like abilities and like yeah, m- like movement changes and fundamental ability changes rather than like stats and stuff. That would be really interesting to me. That's never going to be made. I also 
back when I played Symphony for the first time, was not a per I was young, you know, and I couldn't appreciate things. Fine art. Fine art. You couldn't appreciate the finely crafted theme park experience of Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Um, I'm, I'm ignoring you. <laughs> um, and so, back then, I played video games. I played video games just for the gameplay. And so, like, the music being good, like, just didn't register to me. And mm -hmm. the look and the art being good didn't register to me. It was just not as something I looked for in games. That's the kind of mindset that gets you to think that Vanquish is a good video game. <laughs> and now, now when I play a game, I'm paying probably more attention to, like, the music and mm -hmm. the visuals than I am to the gameplay, because that's just the thing I'm interested in. And if you want music and visuals, let me tell you about Symphony of the Goddamn Night. <laughs> you might have heard of it. You might have heard of it. It's amazing. This is one of the best video game soundtracks I've experienced in a while. I've been out of video games a lot. And granted, I might be biased by the last game I played being Arkham Knight. <laughs> we can't talk about Arkham Knight here. That's for Titans. That's for Titans. Uh, 167, Doom 2. That seems weirdly low, but okay. At some point, I'll talk about the video games I played this week, but... This is a really long list that we started the episode uh -huh. with. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna make sure that we're still recording. We're still recording. 166, King's Quest 6, I don't care. 165, Peggle is good. 164, XCOM UFO Defense. Not as good as Metal Gear Solid 3. What a three. Uh, 163, Robotron 2084. What is that? Uh, it's good, but it's no berserk. How many times do you have to rescue these people anyway? Says uh, the person whoever who compiled list. the list. Dante BK. One sixty two Far Cry. Not even the good Far Cry game. There's one good Far Cry game, and this ain't it. In fact, the first Far Cry game is terrible. I would argue there is no good Far Cry game. I'm more ready. I am only willing to accept Far Cry Two as good because. I played it at a moment that it would blow my mind. Mm -hmm. uh, I think if I had played it for the first time this year, I would say Far Cry 2 is terrible. <laughs> but I'm just the certain... I'm the... We should watch that movie. Yeah, we should. <laughs> 161 is Geometry Wars Retro Evolved, which I understand to be a very good video game. Yeah. 160... I feel like if you made this list today, this would be in the top 100. Probably. People have a real fondness for this. Yeah... It definitely would get, like, the... It has a Gerstmann energy, you know? Yeah. Top it has a both a... It has a Gerstmann energy, and then, like, if you're doing the Giant Bomb Goatee style of, like, deciding all this, mm -hmm. like, Brad Shoemaker would then be like, you know what? Yeah, Geometry Wars is really good. <laughs> like, that's, a, Jeff, that's a Brad game. Yeah, like, Jeff would, like, remind Brad that he really loves Geometry Wars. Jeff would put it in the context of when it came out and, like, remind uh -huh. you of, like, the impact it had. Yeah. Uh, 160, Thief the Dark Project. I don't love that game, but I think it was just too old when I played it. You ever played the new Thief from 2014? No. No. 159, Battlefield 1942. It's wild that they made so many. Uh, 158 <laughs> is Pong. You heard about Pong? It's better than Metal Gear Solid 3. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck off. And you know what game is not better than Metal Gear Solid 3? Devil May Cry at number 157. Devil May Cry is a good video game. I'm not here to say that Devil May Cry is bad. Devil May Cry 1 is like the of the num of the 
five Devil May Cry games, it is probably the th third or third best. I like three. Mm. I have a lot of fondness for three. I think my tier is four, three, one, two. I, I, I haven't played five. I have only played one and three, and I haven't even played all of one. I like one fine. It ain't fucking Metal Gear Solid 3. Hey, do you want, like... Devil May Cry 1 has this energy of being a movie that exists inside of the Resident Evil universe. Uh-huh. Yeah, it does. Because <laughs> it was originally a Resident yeah, Evil game. right. And, like, it still feels like that a little bit. 156 Gauntlet, the arcade game. That's fun. I've had some good times with Gauntlet. I played the, re the, the new game called Gauntlet. 155 Crackdown. Fuck you. This is absolutely, like... A relic of the moment where they made uh -huh, this list. This uh -huh. does not crack the top 200 of today. <laughs> Neither does Little Big Planet. Little Big Planet 2, I could imagine being at like a 190 slot. But Maybe. Like, but like Little Big Planet 1 being at 154, ridiculous. Remind me when this was written. Uh, <laughs> no, don't. I got it. Okay. Yeah, you look that up. 153 Asteroids, sure. 152 Xenosaga. There was one There was one weeb at uh, Game Informer, apparently. Um... <laughs> One no, sorry. Um, Xenosaga, Xeno episode one. Deville Zermacht. You tried. You really tried. Um, 151 Fable. Have you played Fable? I remember having a... I rented Fable at Blockbuster and remember really disliking that game. But that was when Blockbuster was around. So who fucking knows, you know? Fable? Yeah, Fable. Uh, Chicken Chaser. 150, Actraiser. I hear that game's good. I watched a Let's Play of that game. Yeah? Some if, years ago. With whom? Uh, 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 game Grumps. Yeah. I watched a lot of Game Grumps at one point. There was a time when I was caught up on Game Grumps and I'd seen every video that they were watching and watched every one as it came out. Uh, but that was a different era. 149... Uh, a game very close to my heart. This is, like, probably top 20 to me or something. Mm -hmm. Like, probably if I was, like, breaking things on nostalgia. Warcraft 3. Personal Impact, yeah. Yeah, Personal Impact. Warcraft 3 is incredible. Personal if you ask, Impact, good name for a video game. Yeah. Also, if you ask my mom, Warcraft 3 is the best video game ever. It's my mom's favorite video game. Sure. She only plays two video games, Warcraft 3 and Rise of Nations. Sure. <laughs> 148 Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars, which is a good-ass fucking game. You know, okay. This is my new grudge. Warcraft 3 and Super Mario RPG, first of all, both of them are better than Metal Gear Solid 3. And, they're, and second of all, both of them are better than Super Castlevania 4. I don't like... You know what's better than Super Castlevania 4? Fucking Castlevania. I prefer Super and Bloodlines. Those are my go-to for, like, classic mania. I don't like... I don't like Super very much. Eh. Can I tell you... Can I it's embarrass great, myself? But like, it's fine. I don't like it for the same reasons Aaron Hansen doesn't like it. Which is that, like... There's a lot of, speci mm -hmm. there's a lot of specificity to how you move in Castlevania NES. Uh, Castlevania 4, you get, like... Just so much more stuff. You can whip in eight directions. You can change all directions. Exactly. That makes like, it good. I just... I really like the, like, deliberateness of the first one. I really like the weird ways that you have to commit to everything you're doing in that game. I would prefer the game to be fun. 
Also, I think it looks ugly as sin. That's true. <laughs> it is one of the ugliest video games. I like. I think Bloodlines. I have a f bigger fondness for than Super because you can play as Eric. I watched um, Vinny and Austin and Alex play uh, Bloodlines, and that game seems really cool. I like um, it a lot. People don't really talk about it that much. Yeah, I feel like it's, people. I feel like people really talk about Super and don't talk about Bloodlines, probably because it was a SNES game, and SNES games are more fondly remembered than Genesis games in general. Sure. Also, like... At least in the States. It wasn't until I was at least 20 or something that I met another human being who cared about Castlevania at all. Mm. I always had this Castlevania as, like, this thing that I was into and no one else I knew was into until I yeah. came online. 146, Power Stone 2. Until I activated... <laughs> 145 Unreal Tournament 2004, uh, 144 Burnout 3 Takedown, 143 Assassin's Creed. This would not make it on the list today. None of these would be on the list today. Assassin's one Creed 1 might be on, like, a, like again, like an impact list or, like, an important game oh, list. Oh, yeah. If you're rating important video games, I feel like Assassin's Creed has to at least be in the top 200, probably. I mean, if you're talking about influential video games, yeah. Assassin's Creed and Modern Warfare 2 are in the top five. I don't know about Assassin's Creed. I think that they are formally influential in ways that like, are yeah, still I guess being felt today. I guess I would put Assassin's Creed 2 in that Arkham slot. Arkham Knight doesn't exist without Assassin's Creed. I guess I just feel like Assassin's Creed 2 is what made all the ideas of Assassin's Creed stick. But you don't get Assassin's Creed 2 without Assassin's Creed. Yeah, but I feel you like... You have to like hit that... You have to try it, you know? Assassin's That's Creed fair. 1 had such a hype campaign. Do you remember all that? Oh, yeah. I yeah. bought into it. I sure. bought into it. I pre-ordered Assassin's Creed. I really wanted to play it and never could because I was a Nintendo gamer. I really I really have a fond spot in my heart for Assassin's Creed. I know now that it doesn't hold up. Like, if I played it today, I wouldn't still like it. But I had a really good time when it came out. In 2013 or 2014, I played all of the PS3 uh, Assassin's Creed games. Like, 2, Brotherhood... Revelations and this four. is going to be a seven-hour podcast if we continue at this stop, pace. Then stop interrupting me. And I have a really, really uh, not four. It was a three. It was uh, uh, that one didn't have a subtitle. Only four did. I played through two Brotherhood Revelations and three in about four or five months. Um, I have a really strong fondness for the future storyline in Assassin's Creed. I really yeah. wish that it hadn't just shit the bed. Yeah. I think that was some really cool shit. Also, in Assassin's Creed 2, you fist fight the Pope. You do do that. I remember when Assassin's Creed 2 came out, and everybody played it, and everybody started talking about how bad Assassin's Creed was, you know, and talking about how repetitive all the information gathering was, like, how, you know, this, that, and the third about Assassin's Creed. And I remember feeling like I was losing my mind, because I remember everybody really liking Assassin's Creed when it came out, and then everyone suddenly being like, oh, yes, I always hated Assassin's Creed. And, like, yeah, Assassin's Creed 2, I feel like, is, by any measure, a better game than Assassin's Creed 1. But I just felt like I was losing it when everybody talked about how bad Assassin's Creed 1 There's was. There's a chance Assassin's Creed 2 gets into my top 10 video games of personal list. Yeah. Like, there's a chance that we that should happens? We should make this list, right? Like, we should just do this. Maybe someday. Like, for the next episode. Probably. Yeah, sure. Yeah, next um, episode. Next episode, I make my top 16 games. You make your top 16 games. And we do a bracket? We do a bracket. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was just going to say that 
I cared a lot more about the Ezio trilogy than some people did. I know people got tired of it, but yeah. I like those games a lot. 142, Maniac Mansion. Uh, 141, um, Sid Meier, Civilization 4. Uh, it's not as good as 5, in my opinion. 140, Diablo. You know what game is better than uh, uh, Metal Gear Solid 3? You know what game is apparently better than, than Pong? Than Pong. Wolfenstein 3D. Wolfenstein 3D. Not, not the 3D Wolfenstein game that I played as a kid, which is Return to Castle Wolfenstein. Mm-hmm. Wolfenstein mm-hmm. 3D. Yeah. 138, Call of Duty 2. 137, better than Warcraft 3. Better than Super Mario RPG. Madden NFL 99. 136, this is actually an outrage. Star Fox? You're saying Star Fox is better than Metal Gear Solid 3? Fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> 135, Final Fight. 134, Borderlands! No! Borderlands is not better than Metal Gear Solid 3! (sighs) Borderlands does not make this list in 2019. Listen. I listened to probably four audiobooks while playing Borderlands. I will always love it for that. But fuck Borderlands. But fuck that game. It's and fuck the people who make it, except for one person. Except for one person. Um, <laughs> also, you know what's weird about Borderlands? It's not as good as Star Wars Jedi Knight Dark Forces 2. That's just true. <laughs> That's not weird. That's a fact. Um, uh, Borderlands is way better than Borderlands 2, I think, because Borderlands 2 and 3 in pre-sequel all take out the only class that I like playing in Borderlands. <laughs> anyway, better than Metal Gear Solid 3, better than Star Wars Jedi Knight Dark Forces 2, we have Quake 2 at 132, 131, Pilot Wings, 130, Kingdom Hearts 2. <laughs> Fuck you. That means that Kingdom Hearts 1 might be higher on this list. You know what is better than Metal Gear Solid 3? Kingdom Hearts 2. Kingdom Hearts 2. That is actually better than... Uh Uh-huh. 129, Homeworld. 128, Metroid Fusion. Way too low. Way too low. Top 50, at least, on this list. Mm -hmm. In my list, way higher than top 50. 127, Abe's Odyssey. 126, Twisted Metal 2. 125, Shadowrun for the SNES. Not the Genesis, not the... Xbox 360. Not the Xbox 360. (laughs) Shadowrun for the SNES at 125. Better than Kingdom Hearts 2, apparently. 124, Warlords. Um, 123, NHL 94. 122, Panzer Dragoon Saga. 121, Lemmings. 120, Mega Man X. Probably not as high as it ought to be. Probably. I think Mega Man X makes top 100. Yeah. 119, uh, Splinter Cell Chaos Theory. Like I say, the best of the old-style Splinter Cell games, the only one I was able to finish, mm-hmm. still don't like it very much. Uh, 118, we have Team Fortress 2, a game that I have 500 hours on. I feel like if you make this list now, Team Fortress 2 is either way higher or way uh-huh, lower. Uh-huh. <laughs> I feel like it's either not on this list it or it's at, like, top 15. It depends on if the person writing uh-huh. the list is over the age of 20. Yeah. If they're over the age of 20 and they bought the orange box, like, Team Fortress 2 ends up in the top 25, right? Yeah. Like, I don't think that Zoomers know what Team Fortress 2. I mean, I feel like I... I'm... On the other hand, I've been hanging out with college students because I go to that game thing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Would you believe that there are some things that are just eternal? Like? Like quoting Dragon Ball Abridged. It's just an yeah. eternal thing for yeah. college age. For me, it was always Yu-Gi-Oh! Abridged, but yeah. Like, it's just like, that shit came out a my, decade ago, my, and my, people in this specific age range are still watching it. Yeah, my... My senior year of college, I met some freshmen uh, who knew what I meant when I said card games on motorcycles. Card games on motorcycles. So, like, that's like a four-year gap, which is, like, not insignificant in college. Anyway. It's just weird that like, it stays at that level. It's, like, yeah, stays that age group. Even if the people change, it's still, like, they they find it somehow. Yeah. 117, Fallout. 116, Advance Wars. 117 should have been Halo, but okay. <laughs> Halo's really good. It just would have been funny. Yeah, 115, Red Alert. Um, 114, Alpha Centauri. 113, Earthbound doing way worse than I thought it would. I, 112, Final Fantasy 12 is doing way worse than I thought it would. <laughs> I do That's remember... That's not true. I, I don't I, expect I, anyone to like 12 like I do. I do remember um, that recent episode of Abnormal Mapping where uh, they did say that Final Fantasy 12 definitely better than Earthbound. They de like. That game is definitely better than Earthbound. <laughs> yeah. No, I, um, I would rather play Final Fantasy XII than Earthbound, but I don't know. Maybe I maybe I try Earthbound again. I I think I would really like Earthbound, and I don't think you. I don't think it's a thing you'd care I don't for. Think it, but I think maybe. I would. I think there's space for me to like it. I think I would like it. I just definitely. don't know if it seems like your thing. I, I mean, the real curse here is that I feel like the other. Games in the series are. Oh yeah, Mother Three seems really your shit. Yeah, uh, one eleven Tetris Attack, one ten, Halo Two. Weird. I thought that was the one people liked a lot. Yeah, I get. I'm, probably my guess would be is they knocked it for the campaign. Um, first but, of all, one oh nine Crash Bandicoot Warped, a better game than Halo Two. You know what else is a better game than Halo Two? One oh eight, representing the number of sins is. Metal Gear Solid 4, Guns of the Patriots, my personal favorite Metal Gear. <sighs> Crash Bandicoot Warp is my first video game. I've told you that, right? MGS4 is better than MGS3. My mom According got to me... this list. <laughs> my mom got me a PS1, and with it got Warped and Spyro the Dragon. Like, the first Spyro and the yeah, third Crash sure, Bandicoot. Yeah. Um, yeah. Crash Bandicoot Warped, apparently better than Halo 2. Apparently not as good as Metal Gear Solid 4. Fucking whatever. <laughs> Metal Gear Solid 4, not as good as Gears of War. <laughs> Neither of them is good as Resident Evil. Resident Evil should be higher, I feel like. I mean, do you count... Do you count Remake? Yeah, exactly, right? What if Remake's on this list? <laughs> uh, System Shock System 2 Shock 105. I feel like now we're getting into the meat oh. of the list. Oh! Oh, shit, 104, Arkham Asylum, criminally underrated on this list, I feel like. I don't know. You need to revisit it. I have. Like, I probably played Arkham Asylum two years ago because I could just beat that game in a weekend. But you were just talking yesterday about, like, how your perception of that game has changed by playing Night. Yeah, probably. 103, 103 Donkey Kong. Fuck off. <laughs> 102, Heroes of Might and Magic. 101, Morrowind. no. no, no. 102, Heroes of Might and Magic 3, The Restoration of Erathia. 101, Morrowind. One of my favorite games, probably where it belongs on the list. <laughs> here's, here's my pitch for you. Okay. We do the other half of this list next week. Yeah, because 
100 portal. Okay, we got to stop. We're at 55 minutes in this podcast. I want to talk about Code Vein. We're at 55 minutes because I remembered a random-ass list. Yes. We got good content out of that, though. Yeah. Next next time on Export Audio, 100 games that are better than Metal Gear Solid 4. <laughs> uh, A teaser is that 100 is Portal. That seems weirdly that low. That seems... I Not that... My affection for Portal is way less than it used to be. Portal used to be, like, my favorite game. I don't like Portal nearly that much now, but I feel like if you're going to make a best games of all time list, like, Portal, it's fucking Portal, you know? Like, it's a, it's basically a perfect puzzle game, I feel like. Um, here's the thing. Yeah. I forgot what I was going to say. I feel like, here's, can I guess something? Mm -hmm. Not about what you were going to say. If I'm the Game Informer writer in, like, whatever, 2009, when I'm writing this, I knock Portal for, um, Names. Not memes, which it should be knocked for. I knock Portal for being a four-hour campaign if you're really slow. I bet if you write a Game Informer in 2009, you're like, Portal is too short, which is absurd. Portal is the perfect length. Portal is the length that it needs to be to mm-hmm. be because they made a Portal game but longer, and it's fine. It's fine. It's not one-tenth as good. <laughs> if... If what you want from Portal is just more of it, then that is objectively a better game than Portal yeah. 1. Yeah, it's more puzzles and more memes. Did memes stick around for Portal 2? I feel like by then... I I feel like there was like a year or two where the Portal 2 memes were really intense, but they haven't had the staying power. Like I feel like you can still say... You can still use... This cake. The, this cake is so delicious and moist to find out where the gamers are at your holiday party. You can still do that. Um, <laughs> you can't talk about lemon grenades still. What? If you exactly. Um, Glados is a potato. Gabe, Cave Johnson does this big like does this big speech about how. Uh, when life gives you lemons, you're supposed to make lemonade. Well, he's going to have his guys in research and development like make lemon grenades and burn your fucking house down. And it's a very funny, memeable moment. I bought a girlfriend at one time a lemon grenade. Uh, Remember plush. when um, you arrive at a place and the sinister voice says, this is the part where I kill you. And then the title card comes up and says, the part where he kills you. <laughs> and then when you get past it, you get a trophy called the part where he kills you. It's pretty good. <laughs> Sometimes Portal's, the writing in Portal's pretty good. <laughs> Portal's good. I, I like Portal. Remember I when guess. Valve made video games instead of Fuck. crimes? God. I wish I liked... That was just a little moment of silence for, <laughs> for Valve's, like, video game creation I was just section. thinking about, like, the alternate timeline where, like... <sighs> The alternate timeline where Valve just continued making games for the last 10 years, you Mm -hmm. know, instead of making services. Um, And, like, this... Valve makes services because capitalism. Like... Mm -hmm. But, like, let's live in a fantasy world where instead of pursuing profit, they would just pursue art or whatever. Like, this is not any world that exists, but let's... So it's a world without Left 4 Dead. A world without Left 4 Dead, a world without Dota... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's um, got intended. Or like 
a world with Left 4 Dead, a world with Dota, but like those are just games people play, and they're not. I was just like, making the joke that Left 4 Dead is not art. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I played a lot of Left 4 Dead. That game's all right. I never, I never got into it really. I would, I would go for a, th- a third one of those, honestly. <laughs> the experience of playing that with with people, it was very fun. I never got to play it with friends because I didn't have friends. But if I had friends, I would love to have a video game I can play with my friends. Um. Anyway, uh, let's live in this fantasy world where they kept making games. <clears throat> um. I would love artifact in that world. The the like they had um they had the guy who originally designed Magic the Gathering like make them a card game and it's basically like a Dota spin-off money engine thing like it's basically just like microtransactions like mm-hmm. what if we monetize the rot out the ass. But like there's a version of that game that exists in this like hypothetical world where it's just like yeah, we got the guy who made MTG, and he just wanted to make a new card game. He had some new ideas we were pushing him, and so we gave him the resources, and he made that. You know, or mm-hmm. we made that, you know. Like, he just obviously is not making this game on his own. Uh, but, like, I would fucking love that, and that's not the world that exists. I mean, like, that's not even the reality that Magic the Gathering exists in. Sure. Magic the Gathering was always this. It's just that Artifact makes it plain. Let me tell you... About Code Vein. Tell me about Code Vein. I gotta pee first. Okay, I'll vamp. I kind of gotta poop, so yeah. this is gonna be an interesting part of the podcast. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. We'll figure it out. You, I'll, you, I'll vamp for you. About, and then I'll co- come back and vamp. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah. I'm centering myself. Um... I was going to actually do a segue, and Nora cut me off, uh, which was fine. I don't think we really need a segue on this podcast. But, like, um, people should go read uh, the review of Artifact that ran on Waypoint uh, way back when. I'm sure if you just Google, like, Artifact Waypoint, you'll find it. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not going to link it in the show notes because I will forget. Uh, I'll just be honest with you, the listener, my friend, and also with myself and say, that's not going to happen. So people should go listen to that. Um, uh, you know, we found out about Code Vein uh, from Waypoint, you know, and so, you know, there was just a weird moment of moving from talking about Artifact to talking about Code Vein that was like, oh, right, this is, like, this was the big Waypoint week, and I don't think I have anything to say about... Um, the changes going on with Waypoint. I just wanted to, like, mention that because it was something that was on my mind just now. And, like, you know, it is what it is. We've all been following, you know, if you're following this podcast, you've probably been following Waypoint for some time. I just thought I would mention it because I have to vamp. Uh, and I'm a little bummed that Waypoint is not the way that it used to be, but also, you know, times change. Um, trying to think of other things to vamp about. Um... If people... So a thing I realized with, like, the Waypoint changing so much in the last few months, year or so, um, I've been really detached from video games in a major way. Um, I used to... I remember in early college when I was 
probably at the peak of my interest in video games, late high school, early college, I was like, I remember reading Kill Screen instead of paying attention in class. And, you know, these days I realize all sorts of problems with Kill Screen, principally around, like, the way they treated uh, their writers. But, like, I, I guess I miss Kill Screen because I miss, um, like, a games website that was just going to write about, like, stuff you probably missed or stuff you forgot. I I miss Offworld for the same reason, and I know that, like, Kill Screen and Offworld and Waypoint and a lot of these websites in this vein that try to do this, like, end up going away because of financials, but, like, uh, if people have, like, I feel so disconnected from, like, games culture because it feels like, uh, the only things that can see, could succeed are the things talking about the latest AAA releases every week. And if people have, like, you should follow this blogger, you should follow this podcast, you should follow this website that just reviews indie games, I would love to engage with games in that way again. Um, like, I feel like uh, discovering abnormal mapping uh, probably... Probably, when did I get into abnormal mapping? Was it just a year ago? It like, feels like two. It feels like two, but I it was probably it was thing. probably one and a half. We were we were very familiar with it when God of War happened, and that was a, a little over a year ago. Yeah, so probably a year and a half. Because I remember starting to listen to it like probably a month or two before the first like end of year special that I came out while I was listening to it. So like probably probably almost two years actually. Probably almost two years. I remember when I started because I was on a specific trip. I drove two hours to a friend's house. And but yeah. I was listening to, like, here's their Final Fantasy X episode, here's the seven. Yeah, episode. so while I was vamping, I was just saying that, like, hey, <clears throat> listeners, if you have, like, a video game, like, like a blogger or a podcast or a website that, like, talks about video games that, like, uh, you really like right now, um, people should just send that to me because I feel very... I don't care about following AAA video game news. Sure. And so, like... With Waypoint, like... What? Exactly. <laughs> With Waypoint becoming what it is becoming, like, I feel so disconnected from games culture, and um, I would probably feel that, like, ten times more so if not for Abnormal Mapping as a podcast being like, hey, old games are still here and good and important and we should, like, spend time with them. If true. Um, <laughs> and, like, so, yeah, if people have more stuff that they like, uh, you'd, I feel like probably probably the reason um, that I feel this so intensely is that I don't follow any YouTubers, really. Sure, yeah. I feel like there's probably a lot of good video game criticism that's going on on YouTube that I don't have any earthly idea about. And you about. can't find it. Yeah, I don't know how to it, find that it. That kind of thing is impossible to find unless you know the person. Yeah, because everyone was sharing around this video the other day about... Um, Anatomy by Kitty Horror Show and Control and, like, horror games in general. Um, and that was, like, really interesting. I didn't... I only watched about two minutes of it because I realized that I hadn't played Anatomy even though I've owned it for, like, two years or something. So I wanted to play Anatomy before I watched the video. Mm -hmm. But I was just, like... I was watching it. I was like, oh, good games crit exists on YouTube. And I just don't know how to find it. Cause I, and the other problem is I feel like if you watch one good video like that you then get recommended, like, ten Nazis talking about how, why, uh, 
video games will never be as good as Modern Warfare 2 again. Or something. Damn. That's I, in a position held by somebody. I don't know. I tried to make up a dumb thing a Nazi would think on YouTube. That seems like a dumb Nazi thing to think, right? I don't know. It's weird watching old Best of Giant Bomb compilations. Uh-huh. Because the merest, slightest jab at other, like, publications mm-hmm. is cause for a huge edit about with explosion sounds. And, oh, yeah. Oh. Like, there was this real desperation for, like... Talking about, like, the things around games. And then what that turned into was vile. Yeah. I feel like a weird thing that's probably connected to Gamergate, but I couldn't quite draw the lineage well. And probably connected to Jeff Gerstmann in a different way. Is that, like, gamers have gotten so obsessed with not just video games, but the inside baseball of video games. Of, like, trying to figure out, like oh, Activision made this deal with this company, Mm -hmm. you know, and then, like, you know, gamers are so obsessed with, like, I I assume they are because this is all podcasters talk about on podcasts is, like, review embargoes and, like, the embargo is going to go up two days before the game comes out and what does that say about the game, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, It's it's the meta. It's the meta of games. Which is also a thing that happens in sports, um... Which is, like, a really insidious thing in sports of, like, the NBA has tried to get viewers to care about um, the NBA and the league. And, like, they don't care about, you know, uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder and how the Thunder are going to do this year. They care about Sam Presti, a manager, and how Sam Presti made this incredible trade sending uh, Westbrook to the Rockets to get all these draft picks and whatever. like, And it's like a low-key a thing um, to get viewers to care more about management than labor, i.e. the players, you know? And I wonder if, like, this is a similar thing of, like, you know, games industry folks, uh, not necessarily games media, but, like, you know, Activision trying to get gamers to care more about, like, the inside baseball shit than, like, you know, labor practices. Yeah. Trying to get gamers mm-hmm. to focus more on the Epic Game Store, for example, than it, Crunch. And also weaponizing the, like, look at this unethical business practice, yeah. which is capitalism. Right. We're right. not doing that. We're not doing loot yes. boxes. But the we are doing massive amounts of Crunch. Remember, remember when um, the... Do you want to sit down? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to the bathroom. I'm just gonna make this point, and then I will go. Promise. Okay. Um, which is that the the peak of this is when like Sony announces the PS4 with, and you can buy used video games. Everyone God. applaud us for doing. Here's our cheeky video about. Here's how to share a used game. Thank you for handing me this disc. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like, like. Everyone was applauding them for doing the thing you're supposed to do. <laughs> you know? I'll let you vamp for a minute. Bleh. <laughs> so.
so I have a bone to pick with video games. Souls-like. We gotta find a better name for that. Um, I, I mean, we have roguelike, which is like, nobody thinks about rogue anymore, but it's just, feels like we should be able to come up with a better name than souls-like for this kind of thing. Like, we can't, the, the, I don't know, like, so I've seen descriptions of Code Vein calling it hard, and it's like, I really don't feel like this is a hard video game. Um, certainly not in the way that Dark Souls is. It certainly seems extremely forgiving. And like, never tricks you or anything. Like, there's no like, cheap shit, like, oh, came around a corner and a guy shoved me off a cliff, womp womp. Dragon came by from an angle I couldn't see and lit the whole bridge on fire, whoops. Uh, Autumn's gonna hate me for dunking on Dark Souls 1, but, you know. I bet that's not on that list. Ah, that list might be too early. Anyway, better name for Souls-like. Let, uh, hit us up in the comments of this video and tell us what you would call a Souls-like game that isn't Souls-like. I guess Souls-like does communicate pretty well what that is, but like, I just feel like we can find a better name that doesn't tie it to a specific game and doesn't like chain it down and restrict it in that way. I don't know. Just a thought. Like... I haven't played the... Um, Lords of the Fallen or The Surge. I want to. I, I played a little bit of Lords of the Fallen. I played like maybe 10 minutes of it. Um, I don't know that I still have that disc anymore. I, I kind of want to play those and like fucking see more of them. I am very interested in this uh, as like a framework for for like action RPGs that I really like and I think you could do a lot more with this framework. Um, I kind of like I kind of wanted to just have a system name, like a tabletop game. Like, sure, PBTA refers back to Apocalypse World, but like, and Forged in the Dark refers back to Blades in the Dark. But having that that system name that can still be maneuvered around and still be hacked a bit. Uh, I wish we had like a more concrete word for that. Because it's hard to call something a Souls-like and not feel immediately like it's trying to be, like, trying to replace, like, be a Halo killer, you know? Um, trying to be the thing that dethrones Dark Souls or whatever. Um, that comparison just makes it feel competitive when it doesn't necessarily need to be. 
maybe I'm off base on that one. It's just, I don't know what else to call these things. Soulsborn. I've, <laughs> souls. You know what's a good fucking video game? Demon Souls. It's a good video game. False King Alland. He's cool, he's got a sword, he's gonna kill you with it. He zips around real fast. I bet Demons is not nearly as hard as, like, uh, the later games. I bet, in retrospect, that that game's not that bad. When we get our PS3 plugged in to play FF13, we're, I'm gonna put that one in, see how it holds up. The wife is back. The wife is back. I just said that I was going to replay Demon Souls. Hell yeah. You know what game's good? Demon Souls. Demon Souls. I bet it's not as hard as Dark Souls. I don't know about that. I was playing some Demon Souls recently, and I couldn't really make progress. I'm not a good judge of if Dark Souls is hard, because I have that game memorized. Sure. You know? But Demon Souls was giving me a little trouble the last time I dipped into it. I was just vamping about the name Souls-like and trying to come up with a better... Yeah, so name. you want to talk about Code Vein. Yeah, I assume you did a little bit of that. Tell me about Not Code really. Vein. Okay. I just, like... Souls-like... The first Souls-like is, of course, Dark Souls, which is uh, a spiritual successor to Demon Souls. <laughs> Every time someone says spiritual successor, I uh -huh, think about that... Uh -huh. uh, M tweet that is something that Destiny said. <laughs> uh huh. Um, <sighs> Tabletop has hacks. That's kind of like a spiritual successor. Kind of. For, for any listeners who don't know what we're talking about, uh, go to the Wikipedia page for spiritual successor and see how there are basically no entries under movie or books. Spiritual successor is entirely a concept in video games. Mm -hmm. uh, shouts out to Perfect Dark. <laughs> what? Perfect Dark, the the spiritual the spiritual sequel to uh, Goldeneye. Hmm. That is my, that was my introduction to the concept of a spiritual sequel was Perfect Dark as a sequel to Goldeneye. I think my introduction to that was Bioshock as a spiritual successor to System Shock. <laughs> That might have been it too, because I never, I never had a sixty-four, so I wouldn't have been playing Perfect Dark. Code or... Vein. Code Vein. Code Vein fucking rips. Yeah. It's good as hell. It's a good Souls like. Yeah. So you, tell me about all this stuff with the builds, because you've told me a little bit about it. But one, I wasn't paying the most attention because I wasn't on a podcast, so I was just allowing my mind to drift. And two, uh, I'm sure our listeners would love to hear about the builds. Tell me about the builds. What if um, uh, your your stat layout of like what each stat is and what your like equipment level is, uh, uh, equipment like burden level, like weight limit is, um, was an item that you could equip, and you could swap it out with other items to oh, get okay. different stat layouts. That's kind of the same way. That's kind of how FF14 does it a little bit. Because you equip kind like of. the soul of the Ar the the shard of the arcanist or whatever soul the soul, soul of the, shard the soul shard of the summoner or whatever you know to... I don't know how stats work in FF14 though I don't know how stats work but I'm saying anyway stats are all letters from A plus down to like E or whatever oh 
like Dark Souls. No, because those are still numbers. Right, but it's the scaling. weapons, the scaling. Uh, the scaling is also letters here. But here's the thing. You equip different blood codes, mm -hmm. and that each one comes from a character. And you are evoking that character's abilities when you use it. Mm -hmm. Or at least each blood code comes with a set of abilities that are themed for that character. And you purchase them with Haze, which is the souls. And after you use them for a while, you will master them. And then once you've mastered them, you can equip them no matter what blood code you're using. So you might get a bunch of good attack spells from one blood code and master them and then pull them over to just have on your fighter build and oh. they won't be as effective because your stats will be different but but if you can still equip some of them have like stat requirements for equipping them but if you can equip it you can still use it yeah as a as like the fighter type it's very fun i got stuck on the final boss so i just changed my character from a one-handed sword and armor wearing person to like using a bayonet and dodging around really fast and casting lots of spells and then i i won one of my least favorite dark souls experiences um let me tell you about ivory tower game design i don't know what you mean it's a tabletop thing it's the practice of putting options in your tabletop game that are bad and you know are bad and that is uh it is a uh display of mastery of the system to know which build choices are bad. Oh, so like not putting points into resistance. Yes. Like, you just have to know, never put any points in resistance. Yes. In Dark Souls. In yeah. Dark Souls. Okay. Um, so, I think I love a lot, all, I love all the builds in Dark Souls, honestly. Like, every build I've ever played, strength, mm -hmm. dex, like... Faith, intelligence, pyromancy, like any build I've ever played, I found some fun in. You know, mm -hmm. there are builds sure. I prefer, but like, I like it. A weird thing that has happened to me a lot over the years, not that weird when you consider gamers, is that I'll tell people that like, the the build that I finished, the the my first time <clears throat> beating Gwen was, I was using a halberd, I'd, I'd soft cap decks, and um, had, had soft-capped intelligence and, like, was using a halberd and sorceries, basically. Um, sure. And it was just, like, I could use sorceries to make some, like, in, like, navigating environments easier of just, like, I'm going to snipe this enemy from far away. And the halberd enchant is just... Enchant your weapon. Halberd is... I enchanted my weapon, I think. Um, so maybe I didn't... Just, just standard halberd that you get by that gate. Yeah, they just... Yeah. I didn't futz around with it's a lot great of the fucking weapon. It's a great weapon. It's got it's got pretty solid stats through the end game. It does like, that spin move. It does that spin move. It does the stabby. I just liked the move set. It's good. I it's played good around with like a dozen weapons yeah. and I liked the halberd. And so many times I've talked to people and I've said this and like they've been like you were playing the game wrong. You know, you need to be using battle axe and pyromancies because blah 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 blah. Or, you're playing the game wrong. Sorceries are so much worse than faith builds. Faith builds get uh, soul spear, soul lightning, sp sun spear, whatever. And I've played, I've dipped my toes into, I've only ever beaten Gwen with that one character, you know? Um, mm -hmm. uh, I think I've beaten Gwen twice. Anyway. I feel like the point of Dark Souls isn't to fight Gwen. Yeah. It's to get to Anor Londo and quit. 
<laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. Um... Oh, fuck. I've done that maybe seven or eight times. <laughs> I've done it a lot more than seven or eight. <laughs> I could do that this afternoon. Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, I could probably get... I could probably get to Anor Londo in three hours. The thing, If I ever play through Dark Souls again, the thing will be that... The last time I played Dark Souls, I linked the fire and... Now, you know, back then I was young, I was foolish. You hadn't seen Charles Counter. I hadn't seen Charles <laughs> Counterattack, and I now know that you should not link the fire. That not linking the fire is the correct choice. I feel like there is no good option. Uh, There's no good option, but I feel like I feel not like... linking the fire is something I can somewhat feel better about. Natalie talked about this a lot at one point, and I don't remember how exactly it goes. But um, I'm pretty sure you can't break the cycle until the third game. No, you definitely can't. Because even if you don't link the fire, Dark Souls 2 starts with someone has linked the fire. Mm -hmm. You know? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you did it. It doesn't even matter because it was, like, multiple worlds ago. Yeah. The, the, the whole chosen undead thing was always a was always a crock of shit. Mm -hmm. You know, it was anybody with two legs, we, we're going to tell them that they're the chosen undead so that, like, they might go do this. Um, anyway, that's neither here nor there, I guess. Um, Let me tell you about the great old one from Demon Souls. <laughs> but uh, to get back to Code Vein, um, a thing that really fucking stresses me out and makes me not want to talk about Dark Souls Online is the tendency of Dark Souls players, and I've had this happen in, like, good progressive game spaces, you know, where, like, we're all, like, good and positive toward each other and we're all nice. People get so mad at you for playing Dark Souls quote-unquote wrong and for having the wrong build or for having a different build than they had. Mm -hmm. And, like, I just like hearing about other people's builds, honestly, because, like, I feel like I've played that game a lot of different ways and there's still a lot of ways that I haven't played it, you know? The thing about those is that in most of these games, that is, the choice you make as you play through the game, that affects your entire play experience. Uh -huh. With Code Vein, since you can change every aspect of your character, mm -hmm. I don't think there are any permanent choices that you can make other than leveling up, which increases your health and stamina. Mm -hmm. And I think scaling damage is affected by your character's overall level, as well as the relevant scaling level and relevant stat. Right. And I just... So, my point is, like, instead of picking a path through a maze, you have all these toys in a box, and you can just play in whatever configuration you want. It's a really fucking fun game. Dark Souls also has the issue, um, probably less so Dark Souls 2, but Dark Souls 1 has this issue where, like, I got to Anne Orlando the very first time, got to Ornstein's Mo, beat them, and then we started to realize... I don't know that my build will get through the end game very well. You know? Mm -hmm. Like, well, I have 50 endurance. Why do I have 50 endurance? You know? I've built my whole character around uh, uh, fucking Kellogg's Blade. Right. That's not going to get me through the Demon Ruins. No. Right. And so, like, you will... You have to commit to a build early to, like, yes. really succeed in Dark Souls. 
And I really like Dark Souls 2 does something to address it by letting you just like respec. A limited number of times. A limited number of times, you know. If you have the item. If you have the item, if you know you that have to, you can do it. Right. Like no one tells you that you can do this, so you have to find this item and like Google it. Or you just have to have had someone tell you, yeah, you can respec in Dark Souls 2. And so then you Google it. Anyway. I mean, like, letting you just do this on the fly at any bonfire seems like a really interesting choice to me. No, it's from the pause menu. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you it's could just do it between a, It's bonfires. just your equipment. Yeah. It's just a piece of equipment that you can change. And honestly, being able to only do it at bonfires seems like a decent thing to me, you know? Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, like, letting that be a very mutable thing um, seems really interesting to me. It's like... It would be really cool to see all the like d- all the different ways to play through Dark Souls, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so letting that be a m- more mutable thing is interesting. Because they to have me. to make options for every build. Yeah. So there's plenty of spells. Yeah. And miracles. Um, and it's also interesting to contrast it with um, this game came out after Sekiro, a game where FromSoft said there's one build. This is the build you're playing, jackass. This is the video game. This is the video game. You're going to fucking like it. You can get more health. <laughs> you can't get more health. And I'm really interested in that, too. I really want to play Sekiro. I'm probably going to start that soonish. Um, here's a here's a dumb export audio podcast series idea for you. We play Twilight Princess. We play Sekiro. We play... I had another one of these in my head earlier today. What are games where you're wolves? There's another... There's a third game I was thinking of. Hyperlight Drifter? Oh, fucking... Duh. Star Fox. Symphony of the Night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Twilight Princess, Symphony of the Night, and Sekiro. Three games where you could play as a wolf. <laughs> there are three wolves in this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sekiro is cool. I didn't finish it. I didn't get anywhere near finishing it. It's too hard. It's too fucking hard. Uh, Here's the other that's thing. That's the end of my complaints about Sekiro. It's too fucking hard. I think I really like Sekiro. I'm almost at ROM where I left off in Bloodborne. Uh, game got a little too scary for me for a minute, so I backed off. But, like, I should probably just finish Bloodborne, right? Yeah, Especially totally. since I paid, like, 20 bucks for Old Hunters or something. Sure, yeah. Uh, so, Code Vein... Code Vein. It's cool as hell. Um, it's about vampires, uh, which... Do you like vampires? I am, you know, starting to think I might like vampires a little bit. Okay. Um, you heard about Castlevania? Yeah. Okay. It's one of my first video games. Yeah. On the, It was one of my first DS games. And uh, first video games when I was, like, a person engaging with the whole video games as, like, a medium rather than just a thing that I owned. Hmm. Um... Code Vein's very cool. It's... I don't know. People made a big deal about how self-indulgent and ex- extravagant it is and, like, over-dramatic and... I don't know. That's just video games, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you started to say this sentence and I was like, people did do that and... All video games are really self-indulgent. <laughs> I don't I, know. I showed you that cutscene. You did show me that cutscene. That cool-ass cutscene where uh, your uh, party members, you always, you can always pick an AI companion to go into the worlds with you, which is great. 
it changes the game completely to just always have uh, an AI help you. Mm -hmm. um, and they just respawn with you. Mm -hmm. And nothing bad happens if they die. It's just great. Um, where the three of your friends and you briefly fight another character in a cutscene. It looks like it's going to transition to a boss fight, and it never does. It's just a cutscene. But um, it really feels like there's originally somewhere somebody wanted there to be a boss fight there, and they took it out. Yeah. Can I describe Let to you... Let me tell you about Bionic Commando 09, where that <laughs> literally happened, and the character with the legs uh, clotheslines you in an arena, and then like you have a brief conversation, and it's clearly a boss fight room, and then she just doesn't fight you. Can I cr describe to you what happens next in this cutscene instead of it turning into mm -hmm. a boss fight? Mm-hmm. Because uh, you showed me this cutscene. Mm -hmm. um, all the other characters start fighting. Um, start fighting this bad guy who I've seen has been in your party before. So all the other people in your party start fighting this one person who's like now no longer with There's the party. A, it really, whose name is Jack, and I think he looks like Raiden. I'm gonna talk about like just open openly discuss the plot of Code Vein here, which. Most people probably wouldn't care about, but I was interested enough that I was, like, following the story. I'm a person who gets invested in stories pretty easily. Yeah. They have... There is a an area of the game that is your own memory, your flashback of a particular battle where everything started. Mm -hmm. um, it's sort of the inciting incident. And you have that character as your companion in that zone. Mm -hmm. And it really feels like the flashback where Sephiroth is in your party in FF7. <laughs> it really feels like you're doing the flashback and the cool guy with the silver hair and the cool sword is in your party and you don't know who he is, uh -huh. but he's very cool and he's here with you. Um, and then so, at the end of that... Anyway, point being, that character shows up in the present and this is the character that these people are fighting. These people start fighting them and a song starts playing. Uh huh. I would describe this song as a song that Crush Forty wrote for Shadow the Hedgehog, and then never quite found the right spot to this fit it in a, the game. I will say the voice you're hearing in that song you might recognize from Lark NCL. I think they did a Full Metal Alchemist OP. Oh, okay. I don't like any of the Brotherhood OPs really. I don't think it was Brotherhood. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know for I sure. I don't really I like be... any of the OPs for Brotherhood. That's if all If we're getting this wrong, uh, corrections at giantbomb.com is where you're going to want to send <laughs> any uh, nitpicks about us being wrong about things. Um, but yeah, they, it's a Crush 40 song starts it's playing good. in this cutscene. It's scene. a real it's band. Re it's a Yo, real song. It's good. Can I tell you something? Crush 40's great. It's, you sound distasteful. No, I just think it's funny that the... <clears throat> No video game will ever be more video games than Sonic the Sonic Adventure 2. And so anytime a video game reminds me of Sonic Adventure 2, that's a positive. This is not Otherworld from FF10, but it's like a couple steps removed. <laughs> <laughs> but it rules. And it is... When you go into other characters' memories, there's a song that plays in the background with vocals in it. It's very light. This, other than that, this is the first song that plays with vocals in it, in the game. And it's just for this cutscene where they fight the guy. It is cool as hell. 
continue. I do. Uh, all I do, wanted to do was make a quick Crush 4A joke and how so, how more video games should strive to remind me of Sonic Adventure 2. Anyway, I don't know that this is pr actually that like wild of a video game. Yeah. It's very consistent internally. It has like a cool aesthetic. There's boobs, I guess. There's a lot of titties. There's a lot of them. Sometimes people are weird about titties. Sometimes people There's are... a lot of titties in this game. There's a lot of titties in this game. I will say that, like, there's a lot of titties in every video game, and it feels like we only make a fuss when it's an anime video game that has a lot of titties. That's fair. It feels like if... This, I don't think Call of Duty would do this, but... Hypothetically, like if Call of Duty came out and there was an ex an excess of titty in a Call of Duty, no one would make that many comments about it, or it would be like, oh, there's a lot of titties in this Call of Duty, but it wouldn't be like. I don't think that any Call of Duty would have Code Vein level of titty. But like hypothetically, if they mm -hmm. did, sure, like it would not be the the only thing people talked about with the game. Mm -hmm. There's certainly a lot of titty in Code Vein. I'm not going to say there's not a lot of titty. The characters that have titty have a lot of titty. Some of the characters have very small titty, not that much titty. Mm -hmm. But the characters with titty, they got titty. Mm -hmm. But the aesthetic of this game is all about, like, how cool is it when you wear your jacket and don't put the sleeves on? This really reminds me it's of pretty a PS2 cool. game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's... The, the team that made this made God Eater... I don't know if you're familiar with God Eater. God Eater. God Eater Burst. Let me look. Start, I, feel like... I believe it started on the PSP, and then the sequel was on PS4. You know how I know this game? Because Jason A. Striker really likes it. All right, sure. Yeah, Jason A. Striker really likes these games. I think God Eater is more of a Monster Hunter style like. Yeah, it definitely thing. is. It definitely for sure is. But, like, there are God Eater weapons in this game as a pre-order bonus. That's cool. I should play this PSP game. Shit. Play the PS4 game. The PSP game runs on my laptop. PS4 game plays on the TV. That's true. Anyway, this game is great. Um, one of your character, one of your AI friends sounds like someone doing a Yuri Lowenthal impression, and the other person, Jack, sounds like someone doing a Steve Bloom impression. I have not looked up to see who these people are who voiced these characters. I feel like we should wrap the podcast up. We have reader mail. We have a little bit of reader mail. Would you like to go into our reader mail? I would love to. I liked some of these tweets while I was in the bathroom, and now I can't find them. So Fabian says, when the tweet loads, when I was a kid, I really liked Darkstalkers in the arcade, and because I was a kid, wanted it for my... Super Nintendo, but also didn't remember what the game was called, so I asked Santa for the monster game and got Castlevania 3. I wasn't very good at it. Anyways, hi, I'm tired. Hi, Fabian. Oh. Castlevania 3, not on the Super Nintendo, but probably Super 4 then. Yeah. Anyway, we talked about Castlevania 4 not 24 hours ago on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, Hunter asks, um, what's a unique vampire power that you rare, you've seen rarely used or once that you wish that was used more? I will answer this for myself, which is that when we watched Castlevania Season 2, <laughs> I thought it was... So much. 
I thought it was really weird that they kept talking about how much, like, like it's obviously a Chekhov's gun. In the first or second episode, they mentioned that rushing water kills vampires, which is not a thing that I'd heard in, like, years. It is a thing I've heard, but just not a thing I'd thought about in forever. And it's, like, the most obvious Chekhov's gun in the world to have all the vampires standing around talking about how they shouldn't, like, land Dracula's castle near a river because, like, a river is bad news for vampires. Like... There's a important part of Dracula, the book, if I remember correctly, involves, like, avoiding, like, escaping a vampire by crossing a river. Something like that, yeah. Um, and then I played Symphony of the Night, a game where Alucard can't sit, stand in water until he gets a special relic that lets him do that. I figured out how to get that, by the way, while you were asleep. Oh, good. Um, you go, you go, uh... The fairy guy takes you to the one place that mm -hmm. gets you the relic that can summon him. Right. But then you have to go to a secret room down below the caverns. And in that secret room, that's where you get... That's where you summon him to. And in there, you get the relic that lets you walk underwater. Yeah, you just take damage underwater. You just take damage underwater. Which I was like, this is dumb. You're not Samus Aran. Uh, Aran? Aran? Samus Aaron. Samus Aaron Hansen. That's podcast title, baby. Riding on cars. <laughs> Why do we make fun of Aaron Hansen so much on this podcast? Because we're jealous of his success. Because we used to be big fans of him and That's are not. That's true. That's true. I'm, I not, used to I'm be... not actively an Aaron Hansen fan in the way that I maybe was. I was a big uh, Aaron fan. I don't actually have that much beef with him. I no. think I'm jealous of his success, and I sometimes think he's a little overrated. That's about it. Yeah. Starbomb seems really bad. Yeah. It's. I don't know that how much he's involved with that versus how he's much... half of it. I thought it was just Danny's thing that he showed up for sometimes. Is he half of it? I thought they were both in the band. I don't fucking know. Starbomb seems really bad. Um. Yeah. The uh, the Aaron Hansen school like uh, milieu of of humor is not, not doesn't really land for me. But yeah, and it used to. It definitely used to. Um. Again, I used to be very into Game Grumps when, uh, in uh, 2013. Yeah. Anyway, um. Cobain. No, Cobain. Yeah, the uh, rushing water thing I thought was interesting, and it was funny to be to see it come up in Symphony of the Night and be like, oh, that's why it comes up in the TV show. This is why it matters in the TV show, uh -huh. is because of the video game. There's mm -hmm. a lot of stuff like that in that show, where if the, I feel like that show rewards people who like those games way more than you would expect it to. Slogger and Gaibon show up in season two. Yeah. And it's cool as hell. And they get fucking owned. Yeah, just like they do way. in the video game. Yeah. <laughs> those those two enemies show up as bosses in Symphony. They are regular enemies in every other game afterward. <laughs> <laughs> like low level enemies in like the first area of Donosaro. <sighs> the <laughs> Drake no, Ornstein and Smo, Drake yes, uh what are their names? Sagra and Gaibon. Sagra and Gaibon. Also, this, they have, at the end of Lords of Shadow, when they're doing the, the jump forward, they're about to do the reveal that, that's modern-day Castlevania. Um, uh, Zobek, uh -huh. played by Patrick Stewart, uh, walks past the skeletons of Slagra and Gaibon oh, in nice. that cutscene. That's nice. great. 
Um, Lords of Shadow? Pretty good. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to say that I'm a fan of that series. I love that you they... talked re- about this often on the podcast. They rebooted Castlevania and then made a sequel to the reboot and a sequel people, to that. People should go listen to Transgirlvania. It's one of the best episodes of this podcast. It's a pretty good episode. Uh, when it sucks that Transgirlvania 2 never materialized, but I'm fine with that. Yeah, we'll cover it when we talk about season three. Yeah, which is this year, probably. Question mark. If I were Netflix, I would put out a ca- season of Castlevania this year, mostly because if I were Netflix, I'd be like, "This is better than anything else we're running." That Castlevania show is so good. It's really fucking good. I want, like, honestly, I would buy a Blu-ray. I would too. I fucking love that show. I don't know what you want from me. As for this question, um, I feel like the wolf thing doesn't come up very much because people always want to pit vampires against werewolves. Mm-hmm. Um, Have that's... I talked about Adventure Quest on this podcast before? Maybe. Uh, yes, you have. In, in the base game of Adventure Quest, for free, you could either become a vampire or a werewolf, but if you got your mom to pay $15 or whatever, you could unlock the version of the game where you could be a werepire. And guess who convinced their mom to do that? You. (laughs) And then you were so overleveled that the rest of the game was boring because werepires could one-shot just about every enemy that I ever encountered. (laughs) (sighs) The one time I played Skyrim, I played as a vampire. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I've never played as a vampire in Skyrim because it wasn't until the DLC that I never bought. I just never bought the DLC. Her name was Somber Tenebrae. Mm-hmm. She was a crime wizard, so she was like doing thief guild stuff and mage school stuff. Then she married a vampire princess, and then I stopped playing the game. Yeah. She forged a sword made of silver that was consecrated, which is mm-hmm. not great for vampires. And so I titled that weapon Somber's Folly. Mm-hmm. So it's thought that was fun. Yeah. I like her a lot. I wrote about her once. Yeah. Anyway. Where can people find Skyrim. you online? Ever fucking heard of it? <laughs> Skyrim. That game's pretty good, actually. I like that, that game. That is a decent-ass video game that anyone can play on any device. <laughs> If I was going to make my top 16 video games, I don't know that Skyrim would make it, but it would probably be like 17, you know? Maybe. You know? I'll get my list together for next time. We'll do this. Yeah. And then we will put them in a bracket, and (laughs) my children will fight your children to death. (laughs) If we can get Riley on the podcast, that would be great. That would be good. (laughs) Uh, Where can people find you online? You find me on Twitter at Allison underscore coffee, A-L-I-S-O-N underscore coffee. Um... After I finish recording this, I'm gonna go episode. I'm gonna go edit the next episode of and then an aeroplane where we covered Grave of the Fireflies. Uh, that movie is depressing, mm-hmm. and I thought the episode was just gonna be. I thought the episode was gonna be pretty airless and boring, and like I was worried we would have anything to say other than which would suck for an airplane. Right. <laughs> I thought. I was really worried about that episode, and I think that episode turned out really great. I think me and Em had a really good conversation about Grave of the Fireflies, so people should go check that out. Uh, and if you don't want to hear about the depressing movie, next we are going to cover My Neighbor Totoro. 
the sweetest movie that has ever existed. <laughs> I haven't seen it, so it'll be my first time with Totoro. Uh, I'm very excited to meet Cat Bus. I cannot tell you how excited I am to meet <laughs> Cat Bus. Um, what else are we watching this week? We're going to watch some more Titans this week. More Titans. Uh, I We've recorded the second episode, and I just haven't edited it because I got sick. Um, we said that those go up every Wednesday for Patreon backers. What that actually means in practice is when they get edited, they go up for patrons and they get queued up for the idea the was feed. I was going to edit it Wednesday night, but, but I got really sick Wednesday night. That sucked. So... You were in a bad way. Yeah, so we just we're gonna find the rhythm. They yeah. will start being up Wednesdays for patrons. Yeah. This week they will be up Saturday for patrons. Yeah. Um we haven't done a structured show like that in a while, so we're to And we were very bad at it last time we did it. I mean White Lotus we did Radio pretty is pretty fucking good. White Lotus Radio is good. We were bad at keeping a schedule. I was bad at keeping a schedule. You were great at keeping a schedule. Yeah, that was back when I did multiple podcasts. Uh-huh. Remember when I like just did a bunch of podcasts? Yeah, and weird. Got burned out. Yeah. Anyway, look forward to my new two podcasts. Also, keep an eye out. Uh, more podcasts from me coming soon. Yeah, new one. Yeah. It's, it's lit. It's exciting. A new export audio production is on route. Oh yeah. It does say an export audio podcast at the bottom. Thanks. Presented by Export Audio. Uh, I think that's going to do it for us on this nearly two-hour episode. I'd like to plug my stuff. I thought you had. Sorry. <laughs> you were just talking about new podcasts, and I was just like, oh, that was the plug. <laughs> I totally forgot that you hadn't done your Twitter and all that. I'm on Twitter at neither Nora and Zoe underscore Mars. Zoe with an X, not a Z. You can find my tabletop games that I write at neithernora.itch.io. Um, you can find... My poetry zines on itch as well under dragonflower-press.io and you can find my, more poetry on uh, medium at medium.com slash at Zoe Mars no underscore Zoe with an X as always. Um, I have been feeling a little bit confident in my poetry lately so maybe, Hell yeah. maybe check it out. Uh... I think that's it for my plugs. Remember when we used to do this show where, like, the plugs were the halfway mark? Yeah, we could do that right now. Remember when we used to just get sidetracked every time we would do plugs and just do another, like, 30 minutes remember, of the podcast? Remember when we had no cadence and we would just have huge pauses and, like, not really know what we were saying before we were saying it? Yeah. And, like, it's much easier to have a conversation in person. Well, that and, like, we just know each other much better now, and we're better yeah. at podcasting, and yes. we, I feel like we've grown our skill set. Yes. I feel like, uh, and then an aeroplane is a better podcast than White Lotus was, just because, yeah. like, I am a better podcaster now. Definitely. Um, so, uh, yeah, I have a new podcast coming, as I said. With a host, a co-host who I have never podcasted with before, so I'm excited to find that rhythm. Yeah, it'll be good. Um, Elder Salt Three is really good. It's pretty good. Okay, three-way death match. Three video game companies enter the Thunderdome. Fall out of a plane. <laughs> Three video game companies fall out of a plane uh -huh. onto an island. Only yeah. one video game company can okay. leave. 
and it has to be your favorite. What does this mean? The others get erased from time? Uh, I don't know what it means. I just want you to pick your favorite okay. of these three video game companies because they're probably my three favorite video game okay. companies. Go. Nintendo, Capcom, Konami. 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 Metal Gear and Castlevania are like extremely important to me. I might go They're influential Metal Gear less so now, but like was definitely a f- extremely formative thing for me. Castlevania, I have loved Castlevania since 2004, and I will continue to do so in the future. I feel like it might be Capcom for me. I think which Capcom makes better games than Konami and Nintendo. Yeah, that's I like mean, I surprised. I just my- said that, and I don't know that I believe it. I surprised myself when I started thinking this the other day, and it's not the first time in my life I've had this thought. Because I remember when I first played Okami when I was, like, 17, I was like, I think I might like Capcom better than Nintendo in general. It always feels like Nintendo is just by default my favorite game company. I feel like I've always been a Nintendo person. But, like, I really like Okami. And I really like Mega Man 2. And I really like Mega Man X. Yeah. And I really like fucking... I liked Dead Rising when it came out. I bought a PSP. And I played it at my cousin's house. I bought a PSP for Dracula X Chronicles. I really like Monster Hunter. Yeah. Here's the thing. <laughs> Monster Hunter, the first successful Capcom video game in 20 years. <laughs> um, Nintendo refuses to ever do what I want with the things that they have that I like. Mm-hmm. I am extremely invested in the overarching plot and setting of Metroid. Amen. In a way that Amen. Nintendo has no interest. As soon as you said... Nintendo doesn't care about the things I care about. I was like, yes, we both do love the Metroid lore. (laughs) I just want to know what Samus is up to. Yeah, just give me more lore, please. Um, Let Netflix make a Metroid show. God, that would be good, maybe, but maybe terrible, but maybe good. I mean, it would probably be fine. Probably be fine. You just have to not try to make the video game. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about stories and characters is that you can do different things with them. The point of a Metroid adaptation into an animated series would not be to give you a Metroid game as an animated series. Uh-huh. And people would, like, they'd have to get past that because the thing about video game adaptations so often is that they're trying to make the video game happen on the screen yeah. instead of just play, like, just write fan fiction. Yeah. That's all you gotta do. Um, Fucking like, Jake Gyllenhaal ass. I feel like... Zelda is a much more easily adaptable property. <laughs> Definitely. Um, there's a really good Shitaro Ishinomori, a manga of um, Link to the Past. And, like, it does a really good, like, mix of the two of, like, a lot of the, like, events of the game happen in that manga. Yeah. But also Link talks because it's a fucking manga and Link's got to talk. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you put out a Netflix show where <laughs> Link talked in 2019, there would be uproar. <laughs> I don't know. It depends, on, like, it depends on the voice. I feel like people, people are, are really precious about Link being silent and like, if you're, whatever. I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. Make Link do sign language. That would be cool as hell. That would be so cool. If you Can I pitch... if you're adamant that Link can't speak in your video games, at least let him do some signs. That would be great. Yeah. Can I pitch you my really dumb idea that I had while you were talking? Is it a sci-fi rendition of Legend of Zelda? Because that would be pretty cool. I don't even know what that is at that point. Anyway, you do. You have a Castlevania Netflix show. You have Nintendo make a Metroid Netflix show. 
And then you make a crossover. You make a Metroid. You make a show called Metroidvania. No. <laughs> That's a crossover of Metroid am, and Castlevania. I am amazed that people, like, with when Bloodstained was happening, they called it Egavania. Yeah. Because Metroid is a copyrighted word. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's just very funny to, like, <laughs> instead of... Like, comparing it to Metroid, we will really focus in on how Ega made this game. Yeah. Um. Well, and also, I feel... I, I was saying this while I was vamping a long time ago. I feel like Castlevania is more different from Metroid than, like, the word Metroidvania might make you think. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I was gonna ask you... Yeah. Um, Dark Souls is a Metroidvania. Continue. I was listening to a podcast the other day... I was listening to a podcast the other day, and they said something absurd. Okay. <laughs> Which was... The McElroy brothers are not experts, and their advice this, should never be followed. This was a comic books podcast, right? Okay. And, like, the guys who host this, um, like, watch some anime, play some video games, but they are comic book guys sure. at their hearts. And so one of them said the extremely dumb thing... Um, I'm playing this new Metroidvania for the Switch called Time Spinners, and I really like that it has this Chrono Trigger art style. That art style is really unique, and I've never found anything quite like it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so what that actually means is true. Like, the sprites... Yes. The aesthetic of the actual game itself, in-game, Time Spinner does look very Chrono Trigger. It's trying to be that... I have been playing that game because you mentioned it, and it is cool as hell. It is an absurd thing to say, but also, he, as he was describing it as a Metroidvania with, like, the time travel in the same way of Chrono Trigger, where it kind of takes you to different areas and all that, that is a cool pitch. And you showed me that game, and I'm like, okay, to be fair, it looks more like Chrono Trigger than Dragon Ball. Yeah. You know? (laughs) It does not look like Dragon Ball to me. It looks like Chrono Trigger. The sprites look like Chrono Trigger. The art does not look like... uh... I've never, I've never seen Dragon Quest uh, in the pixel art. I've never looked at Dragon Quest pixel art, so maybe, like... No, I mean, like... Yeah. The There's very specifically a, an art style in the sprite art that is evoking Chrono Trigger. Yeah, no. Like, it's, it, I once can't I even s- describe it. Once really. I saw the game, I, mm-hmm. I knew what he meant. Yeah. But before definitely. I saw it, it was a, it was a dumb thing <laughs> to hear. I'm like, I'm like, have been playing that game maybe like two and a half hours now in. I'm really liking it. Like, it is yeah. not the sheer level of this is made for me that Code Vein was, but mm-hmm. it's definitely like, oh, this is going to be like, if I played enough video games to be a, have a, like a list of video games from this year, this would be high on that list. You were playing Time Spinner last night. Like you were sitting next to me on the Switch playing Time Spinner while I was, I was not sitting on the Switch. You were playing <laughs> Time Spinner. I was playing Symphony, and I was reminded that like Metroidvanias are just one of my favorite genres. Not even that because I feel like I've played a lot of Metroid, and I feel like I haven't actually explored Metroidvanias as a genre beyond that. I know, um, I know I could. I know there are a lot of Metroidvanias. I think part of this was that, like, at the time that Metroidvanias started to really take off recently, uh, a, a, a big part of this was Axiom Verge, mm. a game that I think is bad. 
I don't think it's bad. I just think there's no, not an original bone in its body. That doesn't... I don't find that to be a very useful thing, like criticism. I just... I just Would you consider it a spiritual successor to Metroid? It really wants to be. Like, I, I played Axiom Verge and felt like it did not... It, did not, it didn't have its own voice at all. I felt like it was... Hey, do you like Metroid? I like Metroid too. Like, I'm just gonna make a Metroid fan game. I'm gonna make Okay. Axiom Verge from the outside appears to be Metroid with a little bit a little splash of Geiger. Yeah. Just a little just a little hint of Ge- Geiger in there. Geiger, Geiger? I think it's Geiger. I heard it Geiger recently and I started to wonder if I've been wrong all these years. Well anyway. He won't correct us. And there's some <laughs> There's some like kind of standard sci-fi plot in there about i can't remember what what exactly it is but it's like is this all a simulation maybe is what it is like Mm -hmm. or is it like it might be like is this ai a real person that might be the thing anyway um i thought axiom verge was kind of boring and so it when everybody was getting so excited about um metroidvanias as indie games i was kind of like but, like, why are we getting excited about Axiom Verge? <laughs> Let me tell you about AM2R. AM2R looks cool. Um, but, yeah, I had a moment of just, like, being like, oh, I could just play... I could, like, just have a brief phase of, like, getting into Metroidvanias. Because also, like, Symphony of the Night is, like, pretty quick, you know? Like, I'm almost at the Inverted Castle, I think. Um, and, like... That'll be a lot, but, like, I could just I mean, play Hollow Knight after this, and, like, these are really digestible games, I will say. is what, That's what I want to say, is that I can play one or two hours of... I can play, like, one or two hours of Symphony, or I could play, like, four hours in a row. Like, I could spend all night playing it, or I can quickly just boot it up and, like, try to figure out where's the next place I gotta go, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I could definitely see myself getting Hollow Knight after this, uh, I have avoided Hollow Knight for a very long time because I've heard it's difficult and I get easily frustrated at difficult video games. I've been avoiding it because of bugs. But I might I might be in a place where I want to give it a <clears> shot <throat> and if it's too hard, it's too hard and I'll like find something else to play. I specifically remember in Dawn of Sorrow being like... finding the double jump and remembering, oh, I know where to go. There's one platform in a room that I couldn't get to. Mm-hmm. I go up there, there's the next stuff. So, okay. I don't know why this is stuck out in my memory as, like, just an extremely strong memory of, oh, I remember exactly where to go with this because I need to go out to that platform. <laughs> Turns out that's progression. Yeah. Um, can I tell you something dumb? You know I was getting frustrated last night with, like, not being able to know where to go in Symphony next? Mm-hmm. Um. So I wouldn't say all of it could have been avoided because there was something that I was just stuck on that was just, I think, a little bit dumb. But there was something after it where I got stuck again. And I got the mist power. And I knew in my head that I'd seen a mist gate. And I knew exactly where it was. And that I should go check it out. But I wanted to check out every other room first. And I made, like, very, very small incremental progress for, like, two hours doing this. Maybe not two hours. Probably just one hour. It just felt like two hours. Because mm-hmm. of just, like, fucking around and not getting much done. Mm-hmm. But a little bit. So I thought maybe I was going in the right direction. Because I was getting a little bit done. 
Um, and then like finally this morning, I was like, okay, I think I've exhausted everything. I guess I'll go check out that mist door. I don't, I bet it's just like, you know, I bet behind that mist door is just like a cool sword or something. You know what was behind that mist door? What? The bat power-up that would have let me access, like, half of the game. Mm. The bat power-up that, like, totally changes the entire game and makes everything so much more doable. Uh-huh. <laughs> I felt like a fucking idiot. <laughs> I was The true so, Batman. I was so mad that the bat power-up... Because there was, like... Basically, where I'd gotten to was I'd explored every other room, and I'd marked in my head. I'm like, okay, this I need the bat power-up to get through. I know I need the bat to do this. I know I need the bat to do this. And, like, I looked at everything on the map, and I was like, I need the bat to do everything except that mist door. I guess I'll go through that mist door. It's probably just it's probably just going to be, like, a cool sword or something, but, like, whatever. I'll go through it. And then the bat power-up was there, and I was so mad. And then, like, five minutes later, I accidentally fought Richter Belmont. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I got the bad ending. Oh, good, good, good. Yeah. I think you can play this Richter now. Oh, maybe. I don't know. I don't know if you need oh. to roll credits or if you need to get the good ending. So, okay, we talked about something before the podcast, and we talked about something um, during the podcast that I wanted to loop back to. Mm-hmm. I was looking at a guide this morning. So, you can beat Richter. There are four endings. You can beat Richter early and get two different bad endings. I can't remember what the two different bad endings are. But you can get two different bad endings, basically. I don't remember that. You can... Then, uh, you can, instead of beating Richter, you can go to uh, beat Shaft, or whatever, you know, who's in the same room as Richter, and you just have to be wearing the glasses. Uh Uh-huh. So if you beat Shaft, and then you go to the Inverted Castle, and you fight Dracula, the last cutscene, if you are under 196% completion, um, then Maria will be like, I just have to let Alucard roam the earth and, like, try to, like, find himself. Or if you're over 196 completion, the quote-unquote best ending is Maria being like, no, I love him. I must go with him. That's the difference. There's a fifth ending. There's a fifth ending? If you put the PlayStation disc into a CD player, Uh the first track is garbage. Uh-huh. So that's game data. I think it might function as a as a soundtrack CD, but hidden in the audio files of this disc somewhere is voice clips for the fifth ending. Okay. Where Maria gets turned into a succubus. Oh? Yes. I want that ending. <laughs> and I think the I think the Dreamcast version of this game lets you play as Maria. Not the Dreamcast, the Saturn. Saturn. Yeah. That's what I meant. The Saturn version lets you play as Maria. Yeah. Uh, the Saturn version also doesn't look one-tenth as good. <laughs> no. Symphony the... of the Night is one of the most beautiful games I've ever played. It's wild how gorgeous this game you is. You can play as... Mer- like, again, this is one of those weird things. It's kind of like Metal Gear Solid 1, where this game is a sequel to a game that is extremely beloved in Japan, but did not actually come out here until much later. Yeah. So, Maria... In Rondo of Blood, the prior game, which is basically the last classic Vania. Is Rondo and Bloodlines, are they the same thing? No. Okay. I watched Vinny and them play Rondo 
okay. is what I watched. Anyway. Rondo is widely considered to be the best of that style of game, and I think mechanically it's really fucking good. Mm -hmm. uh, it's hard. I didn't beat it. That um, game looks really rad. I got to Dracula. Like, sure, but I could only beat it with Maria. Maria is like easy mode, kind of. Yeah. Um, but, anyway, Maria in Symphony, I f remember being pretty different from, from, like, Rondo. Mm -hmm. I don't remember exactly, like, I think she does kicks and shit. Yeah. Maria's really fucking cool. Yeah, she seems cool. I really like, I mean, I really love all the character portraits in, um, Symphony. All the character portraits are really good, but Maria has an exceptionally good one. Also... Richter's normal one, good. Rick, Richter as Dracula's thrall character portrait, <laughs> fucking incredible. He's got his collar flipped up. Uh -huh. He looks fucking stupid. <laughs> that should be an alternate costume for him in Smash. Honestly, is put Richter with like as a thrall in Smash. That would be good. Just like do three of his colors as like regular Richter and three of his colors as thrall Richter. I feel thrall like Richter. Is a good episode title. Here's the thing: is that he he always has his collar up. Well, not quite as much, I guess. You can tell it's a little bit. It's different. always a little bit up. He's always got it popped, but like when he's in thrall mode, it's up. So here's the two. Here's the difference between Rondo and Symphony Richter, as you can see. Oh, he's Bishonen in uh, uh huh, <laughs> in Rondo. Well, let me show you uh, Dracula X Chronicles. Richter. Which is what game is the same as Rondo? Because there's one oh, game that's like the same on. as Rondo. Okay. I don't have any coffee. Well, I have some coffee in here, but it's cold and sucky. We've been doing this podcast for two hours and eight minutes now. That's just Zac Efron. That's Zac Efron. Holy shit. That's him anyway. from Dracula X Chronicles? Yeah. Which is the 2.5D remake of Rondo. Okay. That adds an extra area where you can fight a boss called the Hydra, which is like the hardest boss in the game. Uh, because of the way that game works, physics-wise, you can do the backflip move over Dracula's fireballs. Which oh, cool. makes that fight beatable for me. Yeah. Um, did you... The game that you're thinking of is Dracula X on the Super Nintendo called Vampire's Kiss, I think, in Europe, is a is not Rondo... But it is a remake of Rondo made by some other folks. Okay. It's, like, similar. It's the same characters. A lot of it is different. Like, the game, the levels are all different. It's a different game. But it is, like, trying to fill that space of that, um, that game. Okay. Um, did you get... You got Bloodstone on PS4. Did, was, did you have it as a disc, or did you have it as a download? Uh, both. Okay, cool. Because the disc was taking too long, so I just bought it again. I mean, I guess the first time you bought that game was in, like, 2013 or something, so that money's fake money now. Yeah, that $100 is gone. It's long gone. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well buy it again. <laughs> Fuck it. That game's pretty good. I need to play more of it, but it, it's, it seems pretty Maybe good. I'll play that instead of buying Hollow Knight. Sure. Um, it's got a cute girl in it. It's got a cute girl in it. You know I love cute girls. Remember that time that Iga said, hey, we decided to just make the game better. They just decided, <laughs> uh, what if our game was good? Yeah. <laughs> hey, can we hire some people to make our game good? And then they did. Do we... 
If I were Iga, I would simply make the game better. Well. <laughs> um, that trailer still frames him as, like, the sole person behind that game. I know. It's really funny. He's like, fine. <laughs> we will fix it. <laughs> I love that they still had that set sitting around. Uh-huh. They still have that set somewhere. <laughs> oh, Iga. What a character. Yeah. Auteurs. Iga is the Kojima we need. Iga is like a level 5 version of the level 36 Kojima. (laughs) Same shit, just on a smaller scale. Oh, before the podcast, you were saying that, um... What's the name of the song? Help me out here. The credit song from Symphony. I Am The Wind? Yeah, you were saying that song's bad. It's fine. That song's great. What are you talking it's, about? I don't feel like it's noteworthy at all. And everyone for years that I saw talking about it, like, fucking loved it. And I was like, I don't get this at all. I, okay. I'm not going to say I ironically like it. It's not ironic. It is that I stumbled into a room and accidentally got the bad ending uh, to Symphony of the Night. And then this, like, extremely overwrought... Like, mm-hmm. like anime ED song basically started playing. Like this could definitely, this song could play over the credits of F ninety one, easily. <laughs> Castlevania F ninety one. That's that Dreamcast game. <laughs> uh, you know about the Castlevania Dreamcast? Yes, you talk about it so much. <laughs> anyway, it's broken. Anyway, go fix the dog and I'll talk about Castlevania Resurrection. I was just saying we should end the podcast. Okay. I just think that that's a funny song and it started playing and it's extremely overwrought. And then yeah. you were like, that song's bad. I was like, what are you talking about? That song's great. That song's amazing. <laughs> I wish that. I... I wish that Castlevania Lords of Shadow had a tone closer to Devil May Cry. Because that game is goofy, and it doesn't really know that it's goofy. Yeah. But it is. Lords of Shadow 2 is the most video game as video game I've played in a long time. Huge fucking button prompts. Like, huge set pieces. It's good. Patrick Stewart says the word bitch in that game. (laughs) I'm imagining the version of Nausicaa where he says bitch. (laughs) Where he he does a Yoda thing, and then, like, flips into the room, and then, like... Bitch. <laughs> All right, we're gonna cut the podcast and go fix the dog. Uh, she she bark. Sign off. Sweat, baby, sweat, baby. Sex is a Texas drought. Me and you do the kind of stuff that only Prince would sing about. So put your hands down my pants, and I'll bet you'll feel nuts. Yes, I'm Cisco. Yes, I'm Ebert. And you're getting two thumbs up. You've had enough of two-hand touch. You want it rough. You're out of bounds. I want you smothered. Want you covered like my Waffle House. Hash browns. Come and click at the FedEx. Never reach an apex. Just like Google Coles. How you are inclined to make me rise an hour early. Just like daylight savings time. Do it now. You and me, baby, ain't nothing but mammals. So let's do it like they do on the Discovery Channel. Do it again now. You and me. But mammals, so let's do it like they do on the Discovery Channel. Do it now. You and me, baby, ain't nothing but mammals, so let's do it like they do on the Discovery Channel. Do it again now. You and me, baby, ain't 
nothing but mammals So let's do it like they do on the Discovery Channel Getting horny now Love the kind you clean up with a mop and bucket Like the lost catacombs of Egypt Only God knows where we stuck it Hieroglyphics, let me be specific I wanna be down in your south seas But I got this notion of the motion of your ocean Mean small craft advisory So if I capsize on your thighs High tie B5, you sunk my battleship Please turn me on, I'm Mr. Coffee With an automatic drip So show me yours, I'll show you mine Tool time, you'll love it just like Lyle And then we'll do it doggy style So we can both Watch X-Files I stare at the stars And the sky up above And think What am I made of? Am I full of sorrow? Am I hurt and pain? Or am I filled? With love